Hi, this is Rich Buckler. You're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. Little rusty on my end. Not yours. Your end is never rusty. Because you keep buffing. I do. I do. Well, my hand's always on it. Circular motion. Wax on, wax off. Hmm. Vigorous. I was, you know what, I, when I saw the Karate Kid movie, I was bummed that it wasn't a Legion of Superheroes time. Only Legion fans would hear Karate Kid and think, oh, a Legion movie. Oh, it's not. I, if they made a Legion movie, you would hear me squee on whatever planet it is past As years. long as it doesn't look anything like the Generation X movie that Fox made many, many years ago. I'm not drawing the line between the two. What do you mean? There was a made-for-TV movie. Gen- Generation Next. X. Generation X. Yes. With Max Brewer, Max Edward. Um, yes, you're right. right. But what does that have to do with my, my Legion? I'm saying as long as it doesn't look... They can make a movie. I'd be all for it. Uh, you realize the budget they would have to sink into a Legion movie? CGI to do? I don't know when. Oh, especially... Yeah. I, let's do an animated Legion. I would settle for that. That's fine. Look what they did with the the, um, the Incredibles. Oh, it's that, possible. Uh, yes, all right. I, I thought you were leaning more towards traditional animation like the DC. Oh, no, 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 no. CGI. Yeah. 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 Pixar DreamWorks it, animation. Yeah. Yes. I can dig it. But the Legion. But the Legion. Great darkness. I like it. Great saga yeah or legion lost well they just right? confuse people just 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 take what you can get true see i they gave me a little piece of cake and i started cutting you more did. pieces you just said i need all of it i just ran with whole it. sheets it's cake why don't wouldn't you want more <laughs> sheet cake uh texas sheet cake we had that in the house i had to throw it away what the hell is it you don't know what texas sheet cake um, is no it's very thin cake Maybe about three quarters of an inch in height. All chocolate, chocolate icing. Texas sheet cake. I don't know how it's made, but it's made out of what goes into it is what I'm saying. But it's made out of very squat, um, cookie tray, end to end, corner to corner. And you cut it like brownies, mm-hmm. but it's cake. Texas sheet and cake. You throw it out because it was too tempting. Oh, dude. I say it real fast, and I I say Texas, Texas shit cake, yeah. and the kids giggle. Of course they do, except the oldest one. She groans oh, because dad, that, yes, that makes corny fun. Shut up, now. Dad. Ah, oh, so have corny. To... <laughs> I want some pizza. It's so cheesy. So are you, Dad? <laughs> and you know what else is cheesy? What? Er, because this is eleven o'clock comics episode four hundred and twenty-seven, and I'm Vince B. You are Vince B. I am David A. Price. Yes. Crickets. What? What is going on? I don't hear anything else. He'll There's be a reason. Here. He'll, he'll, he'll be here. The boy will be here um, momentarily. It's week, people. And I know, I, I realize that um, we don't always, it's, first of all, it's, it's the summer. Our schedules are, you know, kids are home from school. Uh, work schedules are a little different. So, um, yeah. Lately, it's been making more sense to record 
on Thursday night. It's better for everybody involved. We're more upbeat, more more alive. It's not so anyway. We we try to do it Thursday nights. Uh, we've been doing it for Thursday nights except for one or two recently. It's been the usual Wednesday nights, but um, like last week was Wednesday night. So you can't pin us. I'm down. Not, We're and all I'm not. And, and I and and I, I'm, I'm guessing I'm pretty much apologizing for any lack of updates on the social media, letting everybody know we're recording later this week or we're running a little behind. We're not going to miss a week. Even if it was no. just Vince farting in the microphone, we would still put something out there for you every <laughs> week. True. But it, it, um, I like to think I would do more than you just would, fart. You would, you would, because it, the, you know, depending on the mood you're in. So, um, or the books you've read. I, maybe I'd read Harlan uh, again. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so maybe, um, during the summer, if we're not there Thursday morning, you'll see us there Friday morning. Uh, so that, that, that's my preemptive. Um, we may not be on as time as you'd like us to be during the rest of the year, but yeah, so, so this week has been one hell of a week. Um, it's, it was, it's pretty much for you, for me at work. Yes. Uh, for you, not at work so much. For for Jason at work, uh, plus uh, there's been things going on after hours at work, and he's getting ready for a pretty heavy duty weekend. So um, it's kind of a it's a crazy time for Jason. So he he will be here as soon as he can. Right, and thank you for updating the listeners because that was very considerate of you to do that. You sound as if I'm not the considerate one. No. I was going to say it was a segue, dude. Oh, you know who else is considered, Vince? Discount Comic Book Service. Because they have you in mind, primarily. Because they are going to get you your comics and get them to you fast and cheaply. I can't tell you what books you're going to get cheap because the um, list of ultra-discounted specials is not up yet. It, the previews just came out today. So uh those ones that I talked about for the past month, they're still maybe sort of valid, but I like to pretend that they're not because if you're not, you know, getting in there the first time that previews hits, like David, doing your order, getting it done real quick. Right away. <laughs> right. You're the only person I know that gets like, uh, hey, you know, you should do your order. Yeah, I, I, I honestly get an email. It's like, oh, just wanted to, just giving you a heads up. Final order cutoff is, is a little earlier this month because it's a shorter month. We don't have until so many Wednesdays. So you just, we're just, we're, we're not nudging you. We're not, I can't we're not, wait to do my order. I know, but see, the thing is, I, I know what I'm getting every month. I know I'm getting the Black Panthers and, and the Paramount Iron Fist and the Deathstroke and the Deathstroke Rebirth now and, um, and the Scooby Apocalypse. I know I have a few books that I'm constantly going that 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 are always going. They're they're not, I don't have them ticked off so that you know it's a pull list, but I I have a few books that I know that I'm definitely um, ordering every month. But I don't just go ahead. I, I should just place that, or I should put those in the cart and just have them packed, ready to go, and then I flip through previews. And dog ear the pages so I can go back through the site and add those right. books. But I don't. I just, I do it all at once. By the time there, there have been months 
past few months where it's like the third week of the month and I'm barely halfway through the previous catalog. Yeah. I just don't well, mine is a de- mine's a defense mechanism. The reason why I do it fast and do it early is because I have made a pact with myself that I will not add anything to the order after I place it. I will subtract, but I will not add. And I haven't stuck with that because I have added stuff. But I like to pretend that it works. <laughs> I tell myself so it works. I tell myself it's working, but it's true. Shit. And um, I'll do my order, and then I'll go through the previews again and say, hmm, you know, that's not so bad. Maybe if I take that book off and put these two on, and then I end up putting the book that I took off to put the two on back and spend more money. So I like to pull back a little bit, but like I said, it never works. But you don't have to really pull back because DCBS, DC Discount Comic Book Service, that's DCB service.com can get you your books far less than you will get them. I'm rusty as hell. I don't know why. Because it's a Thursday. Far less than you can get them anywhere else. 35 to 75% off. It's crazy. If you are so inclined to get bags and boards, you can order a bag and board for every comic. Yes. Just, just click on a little button and they will bag and board every comic. If you like Mylar, boom. If you like one week shipping, Bi-weekly shipping, once a week, once a month, like me. You can get whatever you want at Discount Comic Book Service. They aim to please, and they are the absolute best. DCBService.com. Sorry, Christine, that was a little messy this week. But anyway, it's the summer. We're laid back. We don't have an agenda in the summer. It's true, we don't. We're just we're just freestyling it. Quick, 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 quick. See what I did there? Oh, uh, I heard it. Down. I heard it. That was bad enough. I'm down with the kids. What are you drinking? Uh, see, this is when, I mean, you'll appreciate this, but I, I would have loved to have Jason here for this. Um, well, I feel real I'm good. I'm saying, no, no, you will appreciate it. I just <laughs> said, mother. So, uh, <laughs> dance puppet <laughs> Saturday. We're, uh, we're kicking around the house and Renee's like, I, I want to, I want to get out of the house. I just let, let's just go for a ride. So we hop in the car, we head north, hop on the Taconic, and just the road that I despise every morning going to work in one direction is absolutely gorgeous in the in the other direction. And probably pleasurable. It too. is very pleasurable. Um, we, we just, it's, it is, it's scenic. It's, there's nothing to look at. I mean, it's just, it's trees and grass, but it's, it was a beautiful, nice, sunny day. Nice white clouds in the sky. It was just a gorgeous day to just hop in the car, go for a ride. So we're driving maybe about an hour or so. A um, couple of uh, touristy type attractions on on the few exits. But uh, I end up turning around, heading south again because it's, it's getting later in the day. And I decide to pull off one of the exits to a... Uh, to a vineyard and winery. So we stop in after the, pretty much going over the river and through the woods. We, we go to the Millbrook winery and vineyard in, uh, in Millbrook, New York. And it is, it's a beautiful looking place. Um, used to be a barn. They, the way they 
grow their grapes, they, um, most vineyards used to use a, uh, a, like a, a T-shaped trellis. Uh, but what the founder of, of this vineyard, John Dyson, what he did is, uh, he developed the, like the goblet trellis system. And because New York isn't, we, we have our cloudy days. We don't have the same type of environment as say California does. We have to take advantage of the sunlight as much of it as we can. Uh, the, it, it's, it's like a V shaped. So as the sun rises in the east and sets in the west, as the sun goes over the land, it hits every thing that's, that's growing in the trellis. So nothing's in the shadows. Nothing is, everything is taking advantage of, of what's available to it. So, I mean, they're explaining all this to it's us. Ingenious. It's, it's, it's a beautiful place. This guy, actually, he is the reason why, because in the seventies, when New York was trying to, um, uh, shake its, its, its not so great image, uh, he is the pretty, he's the dude who designed and came up with the I Heart New York. It's because of him that logo then and, and the heart and the NY, that's, it, it's all because of him, but it's Milton Glazer? No. <laughs> Dyson. But Milton Glazer did I Heart NY. That's a Glazer design. Well, maybe the design, uh, but he, um, he, he's, he's damn smart for doing the V-shaped trellis. That's that trellis. Is what he is. Yeah, no, it is. So anyway, um, we, we, we decided to take the tour and, and it was, um, it was, it was fun. It was great. It was, uh, we, we, wife and I had, had an absolute blast. We had a little bit of a tasting, um, we, uh, we sat over by one of the trails for a little while before we headed home, but it was, it was a beautiful day. So we left buying a couple of bottles and I am drinking their, uh, Pebble Ridge Vineyard, one of their sister sites from California. It's Cabernet Sauvignon. Oh, I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. And I opened it just for tonight. You're going to drink it all, aren't you? I am going to try to not do that. Why? I do it. I want, I want giddy David. You'll get giddy. I want, I want happy giddy David. I am drinking Yingling because the graduation party was what last week and we have four cases of Yingling Damn. left. So it, uh, it's all mine. You know, for the, for the graduation parties, you don't go crazy on the beer. Like I'm not going to get trogues for a graduation party. I get Yingling because it's cheap and people like it. And I like it. That's, but that's now, right. now I have much of it now. So I have a couple of thank yous. I, I do too. And, and before I, I, I go off on that, um, because Dyson was, was a, a big in politics in the New York scene, he developed the advertising campaign using the I, I, R, and I. So, so the design, yes, is, is, you know, <laughs> drawn it, but so I don't, I don't want to misquote. I didn't that. want to correct you, no, but that's, fine. It's, and if I didn't, right, you're absolutely, yeah, no, if I did, someone would be like, Vince, why didn't you tell him that it's a glazer? Because, right. because I'm not rude. And, and, and our tour guide did not mention glazer when she was, oh, she, she was, she was cute. So I, I'll she was fine. That's why. See, she got away with it because she was fine. Ginger. So it was, um, 
Well, no, no it was it worked. It worked. No, I'm down with it. I'm I'm good with that. Uh, so, but it was a um. So I'm, I and and Glazer, yes, does does sound familiar. It does. It, it's ringing bells and coming back to me. But uh, ding ding ding. So there we go. Um. Yes. First, thank you. I want to talk to you about this because this is a weird thank you. Because usually we say, "Hey, I got to thank you," and we move on. But I don't see how I can move on without going into detail on this because I read it all. Um, Mr. Wade Kapankney sent me. Now, this is crazy what he sent me. He obviously was thinking about good old Vince B because he knows what I love. And the fact that I did not read this did not sit well with him, I'm guessing. Because he sent me the entire... James Robinson run of Fantastic Four, the last run, which is Fantastic Four 1 to, I believe it's 14. Something like that, yeah. From 14, and then, and then it goes to the old numbering. Yes. It picks, it picks up 642 to 645, and then he sent me the annual too. Yeah, the annual that I talked about by Tom Grummet and, and unfortunately Tom Palmer. And I, I read it all. In fact, I I started reading it, and I'm like, all right, you know, we'll see where this goes. And I devoured book after book after book after book. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean I liked it. No, I'm with you. But I think issues 1 to 13 um, are absolutely horrendous. <laughs> but it's by design, Right? Because what Robinson does here is he drags the Fantastic Four down to almost their absolute worst. They are beset by calamities on every side. It starts off with um, a portal within the Baxter building just opening up. Yep. And streaming from this portal are creatures, uh, flying creatures that beset Manhattan in, in mass, lots of them. And the Avengers are brought in and uh, everybody's trying to help out. Uh, there's, uh, destruction, there's property damage, there's loss of life. And they, uh, being the Fantastic Four, um, quash the, the, uh, the calamity, but it's not did without. They, though? they did. Yeah, no, they 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 quelled it, but they didn't. You know, there there were repercussions, and there was ripples. That was the big stone that started all these little ripples, and um, they're brought up on charges. Yep. And the the um, defense, or not the defense, the prosecuting. Uh, uh, attorney seems to know a lot about the fantastic four uh, more than the average prosecutor would know and he's like well didn't you and he goes through the litany of all these things that the fantastic four had done for the city and the world and and the multiverse but in every instance is like yeah you did this but this led to this where um, you know, people died and, and, and 
property was damaged and and the city was put at risk and blah blah blah. So long story short, the the Fantastic Four are evicted from the Baxter Building. The uh, Future Foundation kids are taken away from Sue, which does not sit well with my girl. Um, uh, Franklin is is taken away. Uh, her 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 natural born child is taken away. Valeria is over in Valeria. Yeah, Latin, she's done been gone with Doom. Right. Um, and and they're having a good old time just trying to make the world right again. <laughs> she thinks so anyway. She, she thinks, <laughs> but um, and it's uh, Ben is brought up on murder charges for presumably killing what would have been her his father-in-law had he married Alicia. Uh, I'm talking about the puppet master is found dead in dun, dun, dun. Ben Ben's arms and one of the uh testimonials that try that puts him away is 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 Reed's testimony. And Johnny in the um the outbreak of of beings from the portal loses his powers. Yes, it, he, yes. In order to power. save the day, he and but and, but the reason why the reason why he loses his powers is because Reed cooks up this this failsafe mechanism that blots out all of the beings from this this dimension. And, but in doing so, it saps Johnny of his powers and too. It would have. This is, I don't know how I feel about this. It would have killed Johnny under normal circumstances. Right. Had Johnny not already once been, in air quotes, dead. Right. And it's because of the origin of these, these beings that it worked. Yes. Had they been from another area. Positive zone, maybe. And and long story short, someone behind the scenes is 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 pulling the strings and lining up all these dominoes carefully over a period of decades to line up all these dominoes and we are led to believe that this person has been doing this since the inception of the Fantastic Four and maybe even before just before just before yeah. right and and the reason why I say I hate the the first 13 issues is because it's it's very painful to see my favorite superheroes, my, 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 my book, my, my Fantastic Four being dragged down so far. And I realize that's the whole plan, yep. right? Yep. You can't lift them up. They, they can't pull themselves up by their bootstraps without having been, having been, been dragged down. But it's freaking painful and it goes on far it too does. long. Far, far too long. I think he could have did it in six issues. Not 13. 13 was just, oh, I, yeah, can you imagine, even if this double shipped, right? Which I don't believe it did. But even if it did, if it double shipped, that's six months of doom and gloom with the Fantastic Four. Like, if I were buying this off the shelf as they came out, I would oh, be like, frustrated oh, beyond belief. what is going on here? It's just like, let's punch Susie in the face this issue. Let's, let's, you know, get Johnny in the nads this issue. Read. Who is usually Mr. Confidence to a point, right? Is second guessing himself left and right. He can't even thread a needle. Do I go this way? Like he's, he's questioning every move he, he makes. And I know that's by design again. But 
by the time you get to the payoff, and once that payoff starts rolling, I said to you when we were talking um, through the, the 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 Slack, I love the last arc because it's the Fantastic Four triumphing over adversity. Right. But getting to that last arc, who? Yeah, no, it's not. It's. It, I was likening it to um, to the the grounded storyline I'm trying to get through. Whereas, right. if while you're reading this arc, these arcs in particular, you it's just it's too much, and you want you're almost praying for change. And and at the time when when grounded started, I don't think we were aware of of the new 52 was coming. But by the time I'm I'm in the middle of grounded now, and I'm like, thank God this version of Superman was it going to be around when this story ends. And I'm, right. it, it's, it's like, I'm kind of glad the Fantastic Four aren't around right now because of how they went out. Our last story with them, pre-Secret Wars, was this. And, and I was just like, yeah, I don't, I'm, and I'm that, good. I, 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 I can have a pause button on the Fantastic Four right now. Yeah, no. No, I, well, I'd love to see them back, but after what Robinson did, I'm like, I can't, something's gonna need, I wouldn't want something following that right afterwards. And the thing that made me a little bit, um, ticked off, I mean, it wasn't a major thing, but the fact that they revealed their plans for the future did not happen in a Fantastic Four book proper, but at the end of a different series. Kind of rubs me the wrong way. In a different series that it was almost like, here's this guy who spent a lot of time with the Fantastic Four and and did some crazy shit with them. And he's saying goodbye to the Fantastic Four and the Avengers in his send-off book that 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 his his resignation letter from Marvel for now but Fantastic Four proper, that was written by someone else and, and didn't factor into that. It was almost like Robinson was kind of in a lame duck situation. I think he did. Uh, I don't dislike this run. I think he did a really good job. It's got some moments. I don't know how it's, I feel about the red uniforms. Uh, but that's, that's the point. I don't think Robinson liked them either. There, there's a lot of meta in this, in this run. I, the first in in the first thirteen, if if you read between the lines, there are a bunch of instances where someone, either within the group or uh, Wyatt Wingfoot or or Jen, are saying, you know, it it almost seems to me like someone is conspiring against you guys, like there's a, a force behind the scenes that actively does not want you to do what you do. And you can read that as being Marvel. Yeah. Which is exactly yeah, what's happening yeah, here. Yeah. Right? Um, Marvel is, is moving their pieces on the playing board, on the playing field because they, for whatever reason, money, the, the films, whatever, they don't want the Fantastic Four to be published because they don't want someone else to benefit from it, which I think is a load of shit. But anyway, um, I think character wise robinson nails the fantastic four he has really? reed's voice down oh yeah i think reed the the best one is Susie. he has Susie to a t he knows Susie. i like his Susie above all i don't i he didn't it's let's be honest it's not hard to write johnny 
Out of all the four, Johnny's the easiest one. And that was, he wasn't a whiff, but it wasn't, that's, yes, Johnny's the easiest, but he's also the easiest for me to ignore and, and not, he's, he's not the. It's all, it's always been that way, right? Yes. My problem. Johnny is, is, is MJ with a dick. (laughs) He is. He's a little bit more useful. He's Mary J. We, yeah, yeah, little okay. Little I, 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 a little bit more. Yeah, she looks good, but that's about now, it, right? My, he may have had, th- this is where we're going to split hairs a bit, but he may have had Reed's voice down. And, and in some instances, yes, he did, especially when he realized who was behind it all. And he, he, when his confidence came back and, and he yeah. was putting things in place. That was Reed. Starting off where he was kind of like trying to figure out, you know, well, if we stop him this way, like he's, he was just a little shaky. Not so much. My problem though with Robinson's Reed is that every version, every writer who comes on to the FF, whether, oh, you know, they're Imaginauts or, or they're, they're a family first or you know, Reed's the scientist and they all go on adventures and everybody tries to do something with the, their, what the Fantastic Four means to them and they try to put that in a comic book. My problem with Robinson's read is that I don't think, especially after Hickman, and I want to say McDuffie, but it's not like the Fantastic Four, our Fantastic Four in McDuffie's run. Um, and maybe with Miller. It was a great but, Fantastic oh, it Four, was. but it was it not the right. It wasn't Marvel's first family. My, my thing with Robinson is he didn't have the scientific stuff down. I will be devil's advocate just for a second and say Reed didn't have the scientific stuff done. Which, because which is, he was, oh, he was second guessing so himself means, all the oh, way. So that was, he's like, Robinson, well, wait a minute. So that was Robinson hedging his bets. He's like, listen, I don't, well, why I wouldn't can't you? handle this. So I'm going to, right. But that's, it, it See, just seemed a little sudden. It, yeah. I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you, but when you have a character as fully fleshed out as Reed Richards, who, has been the subject or the object of a lot of great writers have touched Reed Richards. Mm -hmm. They've already done the groundwork, right? And I know we should look at only this run inclusively and just pretend that everything doesn't exist, but you can't do that in, in serialized, um, a serialized art form like comics. It all factors in all the stories that we've ever read of Reed Richards they, whether it's unconsciously, subconsciously, whatever, you know, Reed, Reed conducts himself in a certain manner. He, he does things a certain way. And whether or not it's on the page, all that stuff, we, we remember that to a certain degree. So if it's, if it doesn't, if it, if it doesn't ring true, we know it, right? Like this new 52 Superman, right? That did not ring true to us. Why? Because we remember all those great Superman stories that we've been given and we like to think we know the character. So a lot of Robinson's work had already been done coming into this. It's You say Reed Richards, that conjures an image in the minds of everyone who knows the character of Reed Richards. Boom. A lot of your work is done before you even set foot or set pen or keyboard. You know, you start typing. A lot of your, the, 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 the heavy lifting is already done, right? Yes. You don't agree with me, I know, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> but with... With Susie, I'm looking at this run as it's it's almost a litany of the high points and some low points 
of Fantastic Four history. Like he managed to cram a lot into 20 some issues. You had Ben with the wrestling, the, the, what is it? The Universal Federation, the wrestling thing. Like why did he decide to put that in? Because it was a memorable event in the history of the Fantastic Four. Albeit in the Things book, right. but still it works, right? The Inhumans are in here. Dragon Man's in here. The 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 Frightful Four is in here. The Wizard. Um, what else? Uh, I, I mean, I was surprised we didn't see Galactus by the time the damn thing was done because he just tried to cram everything he possibly. Alicia popped back up. Like when when was Ben and Alicia a thing? They haven't been a thing in at least ten years, right? But all of a sudden. Ben goes to Alicia, hey baby, why don't we, why don't we try to rekindle some of that damn magic, huh? But it, it just seems like, alright, he had a list. Let's tick this off. Alright, Namer shows up. Alright, we got the Susie and the Namer connection. Malice shows up. Alright, Doom's in here. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it, you know what I mean? Like it kept, the Herbies. Yeah, I know. Yeah, like, it's, 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 it just seemed like he was, he was, you know, corralling all of the memorable for you know good or bad the time it was done you had bingo everybody was in it even had heroes reborn was in here avengers popped up like it just seemed like it was it was not by the numbers but he did his robinson he he's been writing comics a long time he even pulled in that marvel two in um two in one issue with the sandman and the thing from when when yeah. when Ben gets thrown in in jail because you know he was found guilty and which is ridiculous, mm-hmm. but yeah, somebody's been sending my daughter stuff. That wouldn't have been you, would it? I don't know what you're talking no, about. Like it's just it, there was a lot of heart in it, but I felt that the build up or the 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 uh, the decaying of the Fantastic Four went on way too freaking long. It was painful to read, man. And and I know that's the whole point, but I think he could have done it in half the amount Absolutely. of issues. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I liked it. I'm not saying I didn't like the the run. I thought the run was it's borderline great. Borderline. The last five issues are awesome. Once Reed gets his um you know, when, when Reed gets his groove back and he has his little orgasm, like, like, what's her name? And she cries. I think that scene is ridiculous. When she has the orgasm and she cries. You know what I'm talking about. When Stella gets her groove on or whatever that, that movie is. <laughs> so I, I, no, I like, okay. I, yeah, I liked it. I liked it a lot. I think the, the MVP of the entire run is Mark Lamming. By far. Mark's issues are unbelievably good visually they are stunning every every panel every page is just amazing leonard kirk depending on who inked him like towards the end i thought he was good that initial run of like 10 not so hot not not i i wasn't seeing a lot of bright spots but whatever right and the annual with grummet and tom palmer Somebody got, you know, uh, a couple cases of beer, and it just it just seemed like, what is going on here? This is not the Tom Grummet I know. This is not the Tom Palmer I know. 
it was two two great tastes that didn't look too great together. I mean, it, it, it's not like Tom Palmer would ever be heavy handed or anything, right? Well, he has it. Okay, so but it's like, I, and it, the 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 depiction of Valeria early on in that annual, I'm like, what is this? A cartoon? <laughs> it looks very cartoony. And then she was a the equivalent of a, a life model decoy, right? <laughs> it's like your little Betty drawing drawing baby <laughs> hope in. Yeah. <laughs> What is wrong? <laughs> I, and with the pink dress and the hair yes. back and the twin thing, and, and it's that just was another like, thing. I think. I mean, the annual. The annual was a backup story. It didn't need to be an entire annual issue. It could have been a regular. And it doesn't end. It doesn't. No, I know. You don't do that in an annual. An annual is a cause for celebration, right? <laughs> it should. I'm, wasn't. I, I. I think maybe I'm spending a little too long no, on this. Okay. But you know, it's 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 not like we're trying to pat things out. It's all good. It's just, it's... And what's their adventure? And, and shows up. Like, really? Yeah, but... And, but, see, she, she's all over him when she, when, when he first lands in prison, she beats the crap out. And there, th- there was a nice little failsafe where everyone's powers were either diminished or elevated to the point where everybody was on an even keel. So you had the mandrel... Sandman, um, who else was in there with him? Part of the wrecking crew were in there and, and they're all beating the crap out of Ben. And Sharon Ventura comes in and her powers have not been diminished at all. Right. So she levels Ben. She's hitting him hard. Yeah. And, and she gives him the reason like, yeah, you know, I heard you're, you're cuddling up to your old squeeze. I would have liked to have the, 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 been offered the same, um, you know, um, respect that you gave her where you just tell me you know you haven't called me blah 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 and then towards the end of the run she's like yeah we're okay yeah and what happened no, it, was, it, was, yeah. it was business nothing it, personal it, 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 just, you know. it didn't make sense that she would she would slam the dude that she supposedly has a lot of fond memories with and beats him to a pulp and then all of a sudden yeah we're okay we're all right at least we got the spider-man appearance and we got the, the, that's what I'm saying. The Johnny and, and, and Peter thing worked really well. It. it just seemed like it was, it was. It's like, look, hey, everybody, remember Wyatt Wingfoot? The, uh, I like Wyatt a lot. I do too. I've, I, I've, I've, see, and he even, I mean, we went back to the burn stuff because he even approached She-Hulk. Yeah. So, I mean, it was all, it was. I'm surprised he didn't pull a dead baby. <laughs> remember me? It's, but the, it's Dr. Octopus and a dead baby. The, see, I don't have a lot of experience with Bentley. Cause I, oh, didn't I don't either. Read. No, see, that's, that's from the, that's the, the Miller and Hickman stuff. So yeah. Yeah. I didn't read that run, but he seems cool. He's a clone of the wizard, right? Yeah. I mean, treated as a son in quotes, but yeah. Right. But I, I thought that part was great where the kid, the clone broke the programming. Right. And well, I'm going to do something good and see how that feels. And wow, that feels pretty great because the wizard wants to do that, but he can't. He can't do it. And he can't break the 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 conditioning or, or the nature versus whatever nurture thing. Did, did, did Robinson do a deathbed vow to 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 the creator of of Jim Hammond, the original Human Torch? Because it's like that was great. <laughs> I like Hammond. It's like, holy crap! It's like wow, he's bringing. It's like there's there's always a character. That one creator loves and has to put them, bring them over into any other series they're doing. 
I see there was a lot of possibility there. Um, when, when the, for those who haven't read this run, they want the Dragon Man, um, what's the word? Shut off? Decommissioned? Yes. Yeah. Killed? Um, because they, they figure he's a, he's a threat, which I don't see how that's possible. But anyway, so when Hammond takes the kids to see Dragon Man, I thought that there was going to be some transference that, that Hammond would put his consciousness in the Dragon Man. The Dragon Man would jump into Hammond. And so they all walk out seemingly like nothing is different. The Dragon Man is still incarcerated, but it's Hammond. I thought he would do that for the kids because he made a pledge to Susie that he would take care of the kids no matter what, make sure they're okay. And the way he could do that would be like making sure because Dragon Man has taken care of the kids the whole time successfully, mm-hmm. right? I thought there would be a switch there. That would have been kind of cool. But I guess he he's too too much. Uh, Hammond is is his character, so why would he do that? I don't know. I, it would have been neat, a neat little switch. But instead, they just break him out. Yeah, yeah, see, that was... The shield agent. Like, he would have been, all right, you're done. You're not a shield agent anymore, buddy. Regardless of what Maria Hill said, right? Isn't there a point in there where she said, you know what, I would have done the same thing, but I'm, I am I can't. Right. I, it was, it was a, a borderline great run. Borderline. It had its it, moments. I mean, it's it's still a even what? Well, I don't want to say even a bad Fantastic Four story, but no, there's 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 it was it went on long enough where there were some good good solid moments. Yeah. Uh, it kind of ticked me off that he waited till the very very last moment to give Johnny back his powers. It's but again, you're so you just said that if Robinson can't handle the the scientific aspects of Reed's personality, then give him some self-doubt. Don't make him as confident. It, it's, it, it helps get Reed, what, what you're trying to get out of Reed across, and it, it helps hide whatever the writer, whatever the writer's faults are. If he hadn't, it's, it's like Ben had his moments because of prison. Susie had her, her moments dealing with, with, with the loss of the children. Reed's dealing with his crap, but yeah, it's like, it's like Robinson had no idea what to do with Johnny. So I fucking, I'm not making power. He's going to just wallow in, and and in pity for a bit. And then Spidey will come yeah, and talk him out of it. Yeah. I think that, that reinforced something that Ben said towards the end when he's like, dude, you know what I mean? It's not the flame that makes the hero. It's the man. And so Johnny's running around with just a, an exoskeleton, him and Wyatt. And putting himself in, in serious danger and wasn't even thinking twice about it. He's like, he even flips Wyatt out. He throws him at one point out of harm's way and stays there to make sure that part the, the plan is working. I thought that was, that was great on Johnny's part. Like that's, we, we don't usually see Johnny sacrifice to that level. Usually he's, He's the aerial support, right? Yeah. He, you know what I mean? He, he, he clears the way in some instances and he's, he, he's like Hawkeye. He does it from a distance. He doesn't like to get, get his fingers, his hands dirty, but he had to in this instance and he did. So I thought that was cool. 
Johnny's my least favorite of the Fantastic I, I'm guessing. Four. I, mean, I, I could sense that even if I didn't know that already. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I like him. I love him. He's the Human Torch. He's Johnny. He's family. But if that's why that whole thing in the in the negative zone. It's like who died, Johnny? Oh well, he ain't dead. He'll be, He'll back. be back. But th- if they did it to Susie, I mean, there'd be hell to pay. But I think this run again reinforces the fact that Susie is by far the most powerful member of the Fantastic Four. She goes into Latveria and just levels the place. Just destroys it just to get her her kid back. Yeah, the most unlevel headed moment, and so, and so I mean, right? They, it didn't. They weren't really subtle. With um, you obviously knew something was up. But basically, but it's it? it's it has to be malice. It's like it's like oh, Susie's it. Malice is basically Susie's period. It's like oh, I don't know what the hell she she's just something wrong with her. She's got it's. Yeah. I, I'd be careful calling it that, but you know what I mean. Um, do you really think it was malice? I mean, because if anything else from their past made it back in these. No, I know, I know. And it was specifically named malice and doom saw malice. Right. So that lends me, if doom saw it, that lends me to believe that, okay, like he wouldn't just say that to get her off her game. Cause he, he looked generally surprised. When, when he was going all, um, doing his, his scan or whatever, he's like, Oh, there's someone else in there already. And he's like, Oh, so now that I think about it, maybe it was malice, but when, so malice is always there. She never got rid of it. It's, hmm. I, I guess it was just like what suppressed or just something that's, it's going to always is be it, a part of her. Yeah, I don't want to do any Phoenix bullshit with Susie. <laughs> that gets old real quick, doesn't it? It's like it's like the the scapegoat. Well, I just you know I did something wrong. It must be malice. No, that's a good edit, Chip. Yes, it wasn't me. It was malice. It was malice. Oh well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. some some weird. Just, I wonder if Susie has her little Macron crystal. So her own. I I um I don't know if we're done talking about Robinson and Kirk's. We're I done. Mean, I have a thank you. Nice. Thank you for moving me away from this because I'll talk more about it. Well, I'm glad you finally read it. I mean, I wish I, I had a, waited. I, I would have, had I known you were going to get it sent to you, I would have waited to read it. We could have tag teamed it and, and. Well, but, you already read it. I read it a few weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing, you know, see, the people don't see the behind the scenes. When I was reading this, I was texting David like every two issues, every two Fuck panels. This. I hate this bullshit. This sucks. This is the worst run ever. I hate this shit. And I would read it and it's just like, oh, more indignities to the Fantastic Four. Ben's in jail. Oh, screw this. This is terrible. And I got to a certain point where it starts to, the, the pendulum the starts tunnel. to swing back. I was like, okay, I see what's going on here. It doesn't take a genius to see it, but I thought the, sw- the arc of the pendulum was far too wide. For the payoff, it was just it was like watching your 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 family members get the crap kicked out of them, and then they finally win at the end. But man, what a price to pay! It just was a long, 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 long fight. Yeah, it was. Yep. So there we go. Now you have a thank. I have a thank you. Um, and this arrived last week, and I did not have it near the laptop, and I did not have Evernote open, so I failed. 
to thank the creators of this ash can. Woohoo! Um, the artist, of course, Laserfist 3000. Uh, and, uh, and it is, um, our friend, real good friend of the show, and all around just really swell, super cool dude, uh, being Mr. Jeff Douglas, sent me the ash can of GoBots versus Action Force by he and John Bishop. Uh, I have, um, I have the, Ultra rare red edition and the, the, the standard ash can edition. It is, it's, it's, it's awesome, man. It I, is awesome. I love when they do stuff like this. It's, it's inspired by or, um, or it's, it's, uh, it, it's a satirical nod to, uh, Tom Scioli's, um, Transformers versus G.I. Joe. Published by IDW. It's, it's a brilliant nod to yeah, it, don't you it think? Is. It absolutely is. It's like, uh, but it's, it, I, I love the ad in the front, the, the battery operated mighty car. It's just, there's, man, it's, it's a few pages and it is, it's, it's fabulous. The swimsuit special is coming soon. Um, <laughs> <laughs> shameless plug. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying. I'm not saying, but I'm just saying. I'm just saying that there may be, I'll have something. You in might, there. yeah, you might, you might want to finally get some Vince B art in your collection if, uh. And I'm a little ticked at Cole Miller because he took my character. But that's okay. You can have more than one Kraken image. That's why I'm doing Kraken. <laughs> uh, but this was, this was absolutely fantastic. So thank you very, very much, Bean. Thank you very much, John. Yeah, I, I have to thank Bean as well. He sent me these, uh, two. But remember when he posted his, um, Heroes World Hall? And he put those Planet of the Ape issues up there. Yep. Well, he was back issue diving by memory and not list. Oh, some guys. He bought doubles and he sent them to me. So thank you, Bean. Now, are they doubles in your collection now? Uh, they are not. Nice. <laughs> yes. And they're Tom Sutton. Oh, Two of them are Tom Sutton issues. Yes. So there you go. I have another thank you. You done with your thank you? Oh, go ahead. You go next. I'll go next. Um, let me remove these because I got a lot of books to talk about this week. Um, I have to thank Mr. Gary Arkell. He sent me The Adventures of Bob Hope, number 58. Now your collection's complete. I have a lot of Bob Hopes, but it's nowhere near complete. Um, and he also sent me a couple of uh, Superboy and Legion of Superheroes. He sent me uh, The Untold Legend of the Batman, one issue. Uh, which I, I've never read that. Get out of here. Wait, the three issue miniseries? Yeah, I've never read First it. First issue, art by. Yeah, I, it's here, but John I. John Byrne and Jim Aparo. Yes. That was, that blew me away to know that John Byrne drew a DC book way back then. I was like, this is awesome. And then Aparo did the issues two and three. I loved that. When I first found out about it, I, I actually ordered that through the mail to get the three issues. They did that too for that. No, no, no. I'm saying I when I found I did a I I found I, I don't know if it was through a seller through like um oh, through one of the I ads did. in the comics, but I actually I had to hunt that down and and I I bought them basically sight and pre eBay. I just I I that that's was what I got. That, 
Was that the first DC miniseries? I don't think so. No. I I think it was the first one was um. Was it a, was it a Krypton? I, I it had to be a Superman of one. Course. Something Superman. Yeah. Um. It wasn't. Um, well, what, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, I'm thinking versus lost. the Justice Society. Was it? No, that was later. That was. But that was. Or was that Batman versus the Justice? Society? Anyway. But anyway, yeah. Thank you, Gary Arkell. I'm going to read that eventually oh, for the show. Oh, I love Bob Hope. Come on. Uh, that's all my thank you. Go on vacation. So, the. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's on vacation. <laughs> he laughed. Um, it's 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 not so much a thank you as it is a um, as it is a shout out or a, a follow up plug to last week's in your travels, um, Miss Terry S. Wood. Ooh. Um, if you if you were lucky enough to um, do a review of on Amazon of uh, the Wandering Star uh, Collected Edition, the hardcover. Uh, if you did a review, gave her a heads up, um, you were eligible to win one of the 50 or so sketch cards that uh, she had made in, in the weeks leading up to the to the book's release. Uh, so since she sent me a, um, a Madison card for Christmas last year. Um, you know what adipose are, right? The, the mm-hmm. Doctor Who little things fat. Um, yeah. She, she and her cousin have, um, have dogs. Fat. They are the fat. <laughs> I know. And, and so, um, Renee absolutely loves them. She, lo- and she, she's got one on her desk at work cause I bought her a little plush. So, um, she doesn't have the Funko pop of it yet, but she, so she's got the plush and, uh, but, Terry, Teresa, she, she was on Facebook and, and apparently her, her, her and her cousin have dogs. The dogs saw that episode of Doctor Who and they couldn't look away whenever the adipose were on the screen. The dogs? Yes. What? Every time. So as soon as they saw, so I mean, and, and she was even, she was talking about it, you know, like, so, so they'd be laying down, they'd be looking at each other or something. As soon as these little white blobs came across the screen, they were just fixed on the TV screen. They wouldn't stop staring. So. I saw that they, they make the, the plushes. I said, then fuck it. So I sent her, um, a couple of, pl- I sent, I sent plushes for the dog and, and one for, for her and her cousin, but, uh, and, and the dogs absolutely love it. And so they, so she was kind enough to, uh, send a Christmas card last year. So I have that of Madison. And when I was given the opportunity to pick, uh, the card for, um, what you won? I won one of the cards and I have an nice. awesome pencil sketch of Cassandra. And it is, uh, and what's cool is because to keep it safe in the mail, she put in a little, um, a little greeting card, a, a little greeting card. So it wouldn't get bent and it didn't, thankfully. Uh, but because it's pencil and the card inside is blank, it's, I have a mirror image on the inside of the card. Oh, I love yeah, that. So it's, it's awesome. I should take a picture of it. But yeah, so, so thank you, uh, Terry for that again. Eventually I'll, I'll, um, I'll, I'll finish the Wandering Star collection. I'll be able to talk about it some more again, but, um, I'll, uh, I'll start reading my copy. That would be awesome. I don't do Amazon reviews though. Sorry. At all for anything? No. Mm-mm. 
I just I've don't. done it for some just because I if my thing is if it's very easy and and very common for people to complain. Yes. It's rare to have someone actually give a compliment. I don't think the Amazon review portion is specifically designed for errors in shipping. Like, oh, my book came all busted up. That does not belong it, in, in the no, review section. No, it doesn't section. belong in the review section if, if, you, if you received it from Amazon. But if you received it from one of their third-party sellers, then that can... Oh, sure. Then it applies. Right. Yeah. But no, shipping... I mean, you could you could throw that in there, but that shouldn't. You can mention shipping, but I wouldn't put that. You in. don't give the book a one star because, because you got yes, it damaged. No, absolutely it's not. Ridiculous. Absolutely not. No. Uh, um, but I mean, I find reviews incredibly helpful and useful. And if if I can also, if I can reciprocate, then then I will. I'm a little, um, you know, when it when it comes to I. Full disclosure, I received this product for free for giving a review or at a discount for giving a review. It's like, all right, so, I mean, you were honest about what you liked or didn't like. I mean, even if you say, I got it for free because I'm giving a review and I'm only giving you three stars because this, this, and this, then I, I can respect that because at least you're being, you know, it's the good and the bad. Yeah, you you got it for free, but at least... Based on your review, I may know whether or not it's worth the money for me to pay for it. So, right, um, right, right. No, I think the reviews definitely do serve a purpose, but yeah, there are times where it's like people just get a little, um, oh, this movie sucked. I can't believe I bought this movie and it has these actors in it and it's not anything like I thought it was going to be. And, and that's why it has one star. That, that tells me jack shit. That doesn't, yeah, that's, that's not a review of a product. I have never, I'll be totally honest. I have never bought or walked away from a book based on a review. I don't even read them. I don't because I know what I'm going to buy. If I go on Amazon and I buy a book, I know what I'm going to buy. Well, yeah, no, for books I... sure. For books I won't I, anything story driven, I'm not I I agonized for weeks before I finally bought the exercise bike we have in the house and I I checked all the reviews for everybody. I I you know, I sort them from the newest to oldest, cause I don't, if you bought it in 2006, that ain't gonna help me none now. I don't, they could have made improvements, you could be dead, I don't know <laughs> what, so I need, I need a newer review. Um. Something like that, maybe. But, yeah. but yeah, no, for That's books or movies, no, I don't, I, maybe if it's a DVD and it's got special features and shit and I wanna know if they're worth the while, but if, if, though, no, I don't want to know what the movie's about in your review. I would rather take a chance and not read the reviews and just get the damn book. If, Absolutely. if it's not, if it's an author I've never read before based on the cover or the, 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 the genre, I will order it. I don't care. I'll take the, a chance. I love to take yes. chances, which leads me Uh-oh. yes, into my next little thing here. So now we're uh, actually starting the show. We're ready to start. Yes, we're f- uh, 105 in and we're just starting the show now. Uh, it's, uh, maybe it'd be a long well, one. Um, is he ready? He says he's on Skype, dude. Ah, uh, he did this on purpose. Why, you can't talk about it with him? Oh, I could talk about him, but he's going to be like, oh, that's that, that's that's that jank shit. Uh, yeah, all right, here we go. Uh, to group call, it's the boy. One ringy dingy. Look at that. There he is. What's up? What's up? We're in the swing, dude. Good, good, good. I, 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 how you doing? Oh, I mean, I'm I'm good. I, fucking 
stressful end of the day because I got late, so home late, but that's all good now. I'm ready to jump in. You're here now. That's right. We'll bring you up, and I want to do it. Did you wait by... before uh, before you bring me in? Did you um did you talk about GoBots versus Action Force already? You just you finished it. No, that's cool. I just didn't want to act like. All right, that's cool. Well, you could say did thanks. Y'all get, did y'all get Josh Ginter's thing? What? Josh Ginter. He sent us comics, but he asked us all for our addresses and. I didn't. Uh, when and where? I did not. Oh, maybe he just asked me. I assumed it was like a Facebook message to all of us, but it he might have just sent it to me for some reason to ask me for our addresses, in which case I guess I owe you, I owe him your addresses. Cool. Because he, well, he texted me today and said, did you guys get the comics? And I was like, I got like up to send, once he sent me, I'm like, I don't know if the other guys got theirs yet. Well, good, so I'm for, he didn't write, he write me back though, so I don't know if the, oh. okay. All right. This past weekend, I was in Hershey, Pennsylvania. Yes, you were. And uh, I had a lot of time on my hands, so I did some searching for comic shops, and I found one within five miles of where we were staying. It was called Comics and Paperbacks Plus, and the stock was extensive. Tons of stuff. Didn't know what to buy. But uh, as as I was looking around, I saw these boxes around, and it, it's a, it's a really neat little thing. What what the the owner does is he'll take a hundred comics, throw them in a box, get a mystery box. You don't know what you're getting. Twenty five bucks plus tax for a hundred comics. How could I say no? Knowing full well that I would probably have the majority of the books in the box, I took I took the plunge. But there was some good stuff in there. I'm back in the hotel room. I open the box. My wife is doing the the, the, the Google eyes. Like, oh, here we go. Um, but within the box, I mean, there are things that I expected to see. Larry Stroman's tribe. <laughs> yeah. Well, here, let me just grab a bunch. By the way, hello, everybody. It's Jason. Hey, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> what up? What's up? Let me, let me get the ones I was going to talk about. Poland Spring, son. All right, keep going, Vince. Yeah. Uh, listen, y'all know I just I rolled in late. We're leaving. Yes. I'm waking up at four in the morning to go on a little family vacay, so I, I got to I got to keep it correct. That's cool. That's cool. Um, you know, lots of issues of X Force. Ooh, nice. Which which version? Um, the the Liefeld. Ooh. There's issues. Dude, I read issues three and four again. Mm-hmm. The one with the juggernaut. Yeah, I remember it. They're terrible. They oh are. my god. They're, they're terrible. Okay. They're so bad. Oh my god. I love the, I no, I love the art, but the, the, the story's terrible. Well, dude. It is. Yeah, it's, not, it's, I'm not, I'm, we're not going down because we could say the same thing about the adjective with Spider-Man. It was just, it was that error. Sure. So, sure. Know that. Yeah, yeah. But I gotta say, on, on issue four, the coloring, by, uh, let me get the person's name here because it's really strange coloring. The, the color art was done by Brian Murray. Huh. And I'm wondering if it's Bill Murray's brother. Brian Murray? <laughs> Brian's over. It's strange coloring. It's really, for the, for the time period in which these books were made, the color art in, in X Force number four is really strange. Uh, he tried things that, like, just nobody was doing back then and and i i'm thinking that they weren't direct to plate with the color back then they may have been 
I don't know. I have to look into it. But it it looks unlike any other Marvel book from this period, which is a good thing, I guess, right? When you stand out, you are noteworthy. Whether you're good or bad, you still stand out. Like he would – there's this one panel of the juggernaut that, that Rob did, and he's coming straight at the, at the, at the, the reader. And the background is solid green, and it's like a Kelly green. But the juggernaut is all orange and like different shades of orange. And the highlight is cyan. It's really strange to look at. The coloring is like eye searing. I don't know whether it was intentional or this person was just saying like, fuck it. I'm going to just try everything. But it looks great. What I think is homeboy when the shop had that book sitting out in the window for about a decade (laughs) and then threw it into your mystery box and it's all discolored. He said the, the, the criteria for putting books into the mystery boxes is if he has seven or more copies, he'll make, he'll, he'll, he'll do, he'll put them in the mystery box. How many amazing and, and, and the, do you think he has? The mystery boxes are numbered. Oh. He said if you buy mystery box number 43, like there will be 10 mystery box number 43s. They all have the same stuff in them. No oh, shit. Neat. So, yeah. So that way and, you know if, if you buy different numbers, you're guaranteed different comics. Right. Oh, that's brilliant. That's cool. It, that's really smart, but logistically, he must have a list of every mystery box he's ever done, and he looks at the li- He said he has other people than himself do them right. because if somebody puts, like, not a high-value book, but a book that shouldn't be thrown in with a bunch of quarter books, he allows that if he has seven or more of them. Mm-hmm. So if he has seven or more of Action Comics number one, then, hey, you know, but I don't think that's going to happen. But So you got your Justice League Europe. Your Ghost Rider with Brett Blevins on art. There's um, original run Valiant, Archer and Armstrong, Magneto and the Magnetic Men. And, but there was some new stuff in here too, like E for Extinction number one, which I didn't read, but looks astonishingly like um, uh, the, uh, the run that it uh, is, um, I don't know if it's parodying it or, or pastiching it, but it looks like Prime Morrison, um, X Men. Was that the goal? Yeah, I'm, yeah. That's why they got. Um, I'm trying to think of the artist. He's repped by Felix. It's uh, not uh, Villalobos. Yeah, Ramon Villalobos, right? Nighthawk artist. Yes, Villalobos yeah. did. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 it meant to be like yeah, quite. Yeah. It looks just like Frank Quietly, and it's 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 a good looking book. But I'm I'm, I'm glad I got it. There's Mage Knight. We got some Liberty Meadows, and then Brigade and Young Blood and Larry Stroman's crap. Yeah, any Bad Rock? Uh, yes. I love Bad Rock, dude. I got Hardcore Kickers Incorporated number one. Nice. <laughs> yeah, gee, for the win, son. Book for a quarter. I never thought I'd see the day. Uh, Justice League Task Force. Just. Justice League America, JSA versus Cobra, JLA Year One, JLA Incredible Hulk. I never read Justice League versus Cobra. Well, there you go. I'll give you the issue. <laughs> uh, there's a uh, Hercules Prince of Power number four. That's our man. It's Galactus on the front. Wait, more the first or the second? It's sixty cents, so it's the second, right? The first one was not sixty. You sure? I don't think it was. This is Hercules, Prince of Power. Okay. Bob Layton Yeah, no, they were both it. were. They were both Bob Layton. Was it actually... Dude, the dialogue in this 
Leighton was getting paid by the boy. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah, he was, yeah. It is like text o But this is a great series, mm-hmm. right? Legends, number one, ding, ding, ding for David. Lady Death, Oof. Comics Greatest World, some Bloodshot, um, Dark Hawk, which I never read, and now I know why. Wait, uh, all right. So there were um, first Prince of Power was in 1982, second was in 1984. It's not like it was even called Prince of Power Two. It was just they were both Prince of Power. Yeah, right. Um, and more Larry Stroman X Factor, which did not age well <laughs> at all. Church, but the books I did want to talk about from this and i put it on the facebooks because i loved it so much i, I said I, i'm going to share this justice league europe annual number two from 1991 so we're smack dab in the middle of armageddon 2001 you got a kevin mcguire terry austin cover which mimics the first famous justice league cover that we all know so well but the conceit of this issue is Wave Rider shows up, David. Yep. And he says, you have a traitor among you. <laughs> and I want to find out who it is. So I'm going to, I'm going to touch you. And in doing so, I may be able to glean which one of you is the traitor. Maybe. 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 Unless we change our mind at the end and flip the script. Because we- our readers are so smart. Yeah. But he touches Dimitri and goes back to Camelot. Okay. Like, I, Dimitri is, becomes a knight of the round table. And that's, it sets the tone for the entire issue. Etrigan shows up and, and, um, you know, does his little spin on things, but he touches Power Girl and she pops up in the Blitz in London. Uh, and, um, General Glory shows up with, with, um, Ernie and something happens to Ernie where he's killed and Power Girl becomes General Glory's new sidekick in this possible maybe past and or future. But, uh, Giffen shows up. And does a metamorpho thing. And metamorpho meets Jonah Hex. Which I thought was brilliant. And it's not Jonah Hex. It's Hex. It's and they look Hex at each other. Okay. Yeah. They look at each other. And they both say at the same time. You're uglier than I am. <laughs> and <laughs> Giffen does it. It's damn fun. Yeah. Um, but so they go through the whole roster. And they're all like. Alright. Well. If Superman vouches for Wave Rider. I guess he's okay. Let him touch me. And the thing is, the Flash, which is Wally, is pissed off because Wave Rider doesn't want to touch him. He's like, I already touched you. And, and Wally's like, when? You, uh, when did you touch me? He's like, no, you're good. You're all right. And I don't remember ever reading a story where, where Ra- Wave Rider vouched for Wally. When did that happen? Uh, it, Probably happened in the Flash annual. So that was the thing in all the annuals. Oh, Armageddon right? 2001. Yeah, that was all he did. He went around touching people to see who was going to become. That was the whole point. In 10 years, yeah. it's 1991. In 10 years, one of you, someone who was a hero in 1991, in 2001, 
you will be basically the worst person in history. And someone from this time is monarch in my, in my present, in your future. <laughs> right. But the, the, the thing that made me laugh was early on in the issue, Captain Adams, like, I'm out. I gotta go. I, 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 I can't, I can't hack this anymore. I gotta, I gotta leave. And he leaves. No, no, no. He leaves before Waverider can touch him, right? He goes on his own little merry way. And Waverider does his thing with everyone. And the, the, the roster of talent on this issue is incredible. Um, you have Giffen, Jones, Carr, Elliot, Heisler, D'Angelo, Dooley, Helfer, and that's just the framing story. Then once you get into the, the individual um, touchings of Wave Rider doing his thing with, with all the, the members of the JLE, Marshall Rogers uh-huh. shows up. And then the uh, Linda Medley does the Power Girl chapter. Nice. Which then segs to Giffen on Metamorpho. Um, then we get... John Beatty with inks by Michael Golden. This is crazy. I mean, that's Anthro, the Anthro chapter. Um, Randy Elliott shows up. Oh, well, was Bart Sears there? Bart's, uh, Kurt Swan does <laughs> that, thing. does uh, a Legion of Superheroes of course chapter. He does. Yep. It's actually the Legion of Substitute Superheroes anyway. Um, Ty Templeton. Does the Ralph Dibney awesome. chapter in which That's he, fitting. which he runs into H.G. Wells, who has a fully functional time machine. But then Captain Adam comes back and he's like, they're all looking at him saying, didn't, didn't you leave? He's like, no, I, I left. He's, I just had a, some things to think about, but I'm back now. And at the very last page, the, 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 the page before the last page, Wave Rider reaches out to Captain Adam and he's about to touch his chest and it says contact and that's it. That's the end of the issue. You do not see any possible future for Captain Adam at all. And I know this issue would have totally infuriated David had he read that last page. Huh. I've read them all, dude. You read this one? Dude, I read... I I was all in on the DC Summer events, except for Bloodline. I loved Armageddon 2001. What pissed me off about... Because you had Dusty Abel on, on the Superman stories. What bummed me out about the Armageddon 2001 event was that, all right, it's cool, Justice League, you're up. There's a handful of characters. He's going to touch them all. Uh, different characters than that you'll find in Justice League America. But the problem you're going to come across is when you get to Batman and Superman's many titles and they all have annuals. It's like, dude, you already touched me. Why are you coming back? Why is my future going to be different in this comic book than it was in the other one you just... So, you know, if 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 a butterfly farted or something, I guess Superman's now going to become a, a, a general somewhere else. But it was... Armageddon was... I enjoyed the hell out of it until they fucked this over and swerved everybody. 
Um, yeah. it was, it was the most, it was all signs. There was no way. I think when we all realized and I, I'm collectively everybody who was reading it that knew where it was going and who Monarch was going to be. I think at that point we were in it for the journey. We knew the destination. We did. They should have let it go. And, You're and, right. But then they were like, Oh, no, no, no. We're, oh, that it's not who you think it is. It's someone else completely different that really didn't play into anything else that was going on in the annuals. And it was the stupidest change, I think, until Emerald Twilight that DC ever did. Yeah. Well, see, that's the thing about mystery stories to me, where I believe that the author of the mystery should give the reader enough clues mm-hmm. to solve the mystery. If the if the, the reader has solved the mystery well before the conclusion, then that's on the writer. They They should have just went with it and made it Captain Adam. As they originally intended. Yep. If your readers are smarter than you, well then, you know, hey, elevate. You know, get better. Don't hate, elevate. <laughs> right. And I think it should have been Captain Adam. It should have. Because they would have gotten far more mileage out of it. it Adam has been criminally underused oh, in the DC yeah. universe. Um, in Flashpoint... He's the, the, uh, I, I thought it was brilliant to, to make him the, the, the big bad in parts of Flashpoint with the, I watched the cartoon over yeah, the, over so the, the, the break. A couple weeks ago. It ain't great, no, but not. I mean, no, it's not, but the Captain Adam part is awesome. So is Hal Jordan cussing. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, um, and we can talk about the cartoon, but it, it the, I, I now want to reread. Armageddon 2001. But I mean, you had a lot of the art was fun. Um, but it was, they were kind of like, what if stories? Obviously nothing concrete. It was 10 years in the future. I, we're well past 2001. None of that shit came to pass. And, and it's, um, <laughs> you know, it, it's it, Monarch becomes extant later on. Um, obviously they, they, they were full of shit because Superman becomes president in one future timeline. And I don't know how the hell that could ever be possible. Um, and, and apparently maybe it was the new 52 timeline and he died before he could come could become president. They, there was a, um, guy Gardner's ring was willed off his hand. That's crazy. I mean, you know, so there were some crazy things going on about it. And, and wave rider shows up later on in, um, in a Superman story right before, was it during, uh, before, um, oh, br- during the, right before he, he fights Doomsday during, during the, the prologues to when, when Doomsday's still trying to hammer his way out of the wall at, at, out of the, out of his prison. Uh, there's a, there's an issue I think of, um, Legendary. of Superman where, uh, where Superman is having dinner with, with Lana and Pete Ross and, and all of a sudden time freezes because there's someone yeah. at the restaurant who's choking to death, an old man. And the old man is there with his, with, with his son, his daughter and his grandson. And that grandson is Matthew Ryder and Matthew Ryder froze time as, as wave rider because he wanted to save his grandfather's life. I remember that. Yep. 
So we, we yeah. see Wave Rider later on, and then there's the whole thing with the Time Trapper and 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 the, the people who were responsible for time in the future. It was it was crazy, but I think Armageddon's that it, it's I, I we we hate throwing underrated around. I'm not even going to call it underrated, but it is one of those things. When you think back on on the on the cool annual events from the big two, for me, Armageddon 2001 is definitely up there. Yeah, it's good stuff. And I think, based on my enjoyment of this Justice League Europe, we should go back and reread the Giffen de Mateus Bwahaha Justice League oh run. To my I, I would love it because I've never read it. <laughs> I knew it! I knew it! I will say one thing. It's a lot of fun. The only part that does not work is having Batman be the straight man. It doesn't work. It does? Really? It, I don't think it works at yeah, all. No. no. Maybe the first or, issue or two, but it's it's a continuous thing where Batman is a straight man all the time. He would just say, fuck it. This, this is too much. I can't take this bullshit. He wouldn't do it. He wouldn't even answer them after a while. But he, and, and the way Giffen and DeMatteis write Batman, he plays into it. He's part of the setup of the jokes where he'll say, you know, he'll, he'll ask questions. Very inquisitive. He's, he's, he's Batman, right? It's what he does. He, he'll ask questions about what's going on or he'll, he'll, he'll propel the joke forward. And you know that he wouldn't do that. He would just be like, I'm not playing this game. I'm not doing it. That's just my, it just feels, it feels wrong when Batman is being used as a straight man. I don't know. Your mileage may vary. No, I, I think it, yes, your, your mileage will definitely vary. I, I know that, um, because this is, this is post crisis. This is immediately following legends. Uh, so it's after year one. There's, um, Batman is a little bit more serious in his own book. And yeah, if, if you're reading, if you're riddle. reading the Batman books at the same time as Justice League and, and Justice League America, Justice League Europe, it, it's definitely not going to feel like, like the same character, but based on the setting and everything else going on, it, it's, it's, and that's why Batman isn't in every issue. He kind of just shows up. No, right. He, you know, he, after no. he punches out Guy, that's, you know, he doesn't come around too often. It really is John's group and, and right, it's, right. And that whole thing with John with the whole, with the Oreo cookies and, and it was, there were just, I mean, they pulled the freaking, it's so good. The guardians, the, the, the global guardians, whatever the hell you want to call them. I mean, they, they pulled heroes from, from a super friend spinoff comic book in, into the group. It was just, there's like, listen, we can't use any of the original seven. We can't use, except for John, we can't use anybody that fought Starro. In that Brave and the Bold comic. So what are we going to do? We need a Justice League. And the whole thing with Maxwell Lord and, and it was just, it was, oh man. I, the thing about the, 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 this run was that at the time, the ramping up of the grim and gritty based on Watchmen and Dark yeah. Knight Returns, it was so prevalent in the DCU. And the Justice League was the anomaly because it was nothing like that. It was lighthearted. It was fun. It was the oasis in this like darkness. It was a perfect that... creative team because you, you're going to have these two guys write these these fun stories. McGuire's art was absolutely perfect, and then later on you had Adam Hughes, and and Hughes's art is fantastic when he's yeah, and he got the book out on time oh, too. Yes, it was it was a yeah. beautiful thing, and and it just his B is phenomenal. <laughs> yes, oh yes, phenomenal. Oh, yes. Uh, Justice and the thing. Go ahead. No, the thing that I love most about the entire run, you're going to laugh. 
was Guy and Ice. Really? I thought that, I thought that pairing was perfect. It was. It, well, especially once, yeah, with, with, with alternate personality guy. Yeah. Without yeah. a doubt. Um, because it revealed Guy's humanity. He was a feeling individual underneath that bowl haircut. And, yeah. And all the bravado and the, you know, the posturing and, and stuff. And she's naive <laughs> enough to, to, to take him at, at, at face value without, you know, thinking there's anything. He's not, he's not a guy just trying to get into my pit. Like, if, if we well, were to think old... that, it would be like, yeah, okay, this is just, he's just playing me. Right. Whereas Ice actually. And that's the, that's the, 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 the exact person that he would need to pull him out. A trusting individual. Cause he knows mm-hmm. everybody thinks I'm a joke. The one thing I wish I had, never had got my hands on it. Is that alternate cover for issue number three? Oh, I couldn't find that either back in I the Dizzy. I would Dizzy. love to have that. <laughs> the Dizzy. What, what was so special the, about the cover? It was a, uh, there were only two comics that DC did this with, and I can't think of the other one off the top of my head, but, um, it was, they were trying to do a, um, basically kind of like a different trade dress. Uh, instead of the DC bullet in the corner, it was, um, it was like, it, it was Superman flying at you. The, right. the, the regular issue number three cover is, um, is the, is Batman and the rest of the team, Mr. Miracle, Shazam, um, with their backs against the fence and, and a whole bunch of red rockets are surrounding them. The, the alternate, the rare cover is, um, is Batman up in the air being held against his will by a red rocket and Captain Marvel flying up to rescue him and there were balloons on it. Uh, like I said, there was one other comic that, that had the same type of corner box and, um, and I, I'll figure it out before the end of the show, but it was, it, it's, yeah, I, I don't even know what the hell would be priced at these days, but it, it's, it's Justice League number three and I would, it, most sites have this one listed as the newsstand cover and the regular cover that was seen everywhere was the, Direct market cover. Yeah. I think we should read the reprinted, uh, collections because the, the original issues, have you seen that paper these days? What, what time has done oh, to that paper? Well, I have last Not summer. Good. Last summer I was reading a bunch of the, um, the Adam Hughes issues where, uh, um, where Despero comes back and Goes after the, the, the Detroit era league and basically demolishes right. everybody and, and, um, they're asking for it. Yeah. Well, yeah. They're Detroit era. So it was, right. but I mean, so I read, I read like five or six of those, uh, in, in one Saturday out on the deck. It was, it was a beautiful thing, but I would, I, but yes, I mean, I have those, the paper is that traditional late eighties newsprint. I would, no, I, I wouldn't mind, um, I don't even know if they're on Comixology, but yeah, I need to get them. I have them for you. Okay. Well, I was going to say, if you've got them, I, I will definitely. It's awesome. always been one of those things uh, in the uh, legendary yeah. Regina pile. You know, I can't wait. I to get just to see if because it's definitely part of it is of its era. I mean, not right. so much with the clothes, but the jokes, and you know, if you see Seinfeld in the background or something. But there's to for someone who is admittedly not a not was not a huge DC fan back then uh and wouldn't be I mean you've read their stuff I mean you, you read the um 
the Defenders run. They did write yeah. the, the mini. So I mean, so obviously it's similar, right? Yeah. It is in that similar vein, and and they 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 came back and did the whole formerly known as the Justice League. So it, it's not right. But I mean, at least to read the original, where it all stemmed from. But but to see these characters in a different light, based on everything else that was going on, like Vince just said in the late eighties, it's it's. Uh, I cannot wait to find out what you think of it. Cool. Yeah. The heart and soul of the book is Booster and Blue. Oh Beers. my god. I yeah. love Booster. And it's it's so crazy because I wanted I so wanted to love Justice League Europe. And it wasn't horrible, but I wasn't a fan of Crimson Fox. I wasn't a fan of Power Girl's mm. outfit. I liked the, Bart it Sears, wasn't, but it's just it wasn't just Power Girl's outfit. Power Girl the character was horrible. Yeah. Why? Just bitching. She would bitch and complain about everything. Oh, okay. Everything. Men, the team, the mission. Every, just she, she, she would complain constantly. And after a point, you're just like, oh, whatever. I, I, I would even read the Power Girl parts. Just, yeah, and Crimson Fox would just, she would sleep with anybody. Yeah. Yeah. When Wave Rider goes to touch her in this annual, she's like, well, huh? you know, like, cause she's French. And I, she's just like, you do not want to touch me elsewhere. And Wave Rider's like, I'll creep out. Like touch me? Yeah. But so what did you read, Jason? <laughs> I read a bunch of stuff, but one thing I, uh, the thing I want to shout out for sure, uh, I'm, uh, first of all, I'm sad that I, uh, wasn't able to jump on, uh, earlier when you guys were pimping up, uh, GoBots and Action Force, but, let me just quickly uh, give my love to those gentlemen for for the work. I, I thought it was really, really clever, and I enjoyed every nuance of it. Um, curious, what uh, what number uh, ash cans did you guys get? Oh, let's see. Uh, for the standard ash can edition, I have number four. The red cover, I believe, that is forty six. Wow. Wow. Color, color cover, I got five. Red cover, I got 143. Okay, yeah, I got, uh, six and 142. So, cool. but cool. But, uh, I'm gonna stick with the mini comics. Nice! Yes. Do it. And I, first of all, let me, let me say, uh, thank you to, uh, community member Josh Ginter who is the gentleman who created these two mini-comics I'm about to shout out. And let me also say, uh, Josh, if you're listening, that I may owe you an apology because I think there was some confusion. Uh, I know you reached out. I assumed you reached out to all three of us simultaneously via Facebook and gen- gen- generously offered to provide your mini-comics for us to check out. And I was talking to the guys off-air before I signed on, and... I get the sense that maybe you just reached out to me and I was no. supposed to no. He okay. um he he did reach out to all of us because when you mentioned it, I checked Messenger and he was under my message request. So he wasn't oh, okay. in my regular inbox. So he did he did ask all okay. of us. I just didn't see it. Okay. Um all right, well then you should definitely um so so what he what he sent were his his two mini comics. Um uh, Creature and Hand number one which was a Kickstarter that he, uh, that he successfully funded, um, is a little comic about, uh, a creature and a hand. <laughs> and 
I love uh, it. Vince, you will love this. Uh, and, you know, he <laughs> sent a note with the stuff and he just, you know, mentioned that, um, that, uh, Creature in Hand was an attempt at making a comic that was very unconventional in its format, story being secondary to the format and the art. Um, and then the other one is a, a comic called The Origin of Hand, which was published, um, in May of this year for a local con that he attended. And that tells the origin of hand from creature in hand. Uh, and he also said, and it really is all about the format. And so, um, to the, the creature in hand book is, it's, um, like a glossy little square bound comic. Um, it's like almost like feels like, uh, it feels like the same stock that you would find in a, uh, old CD liner, you know, like a CD. Oh, um, neat. but the format is really what, what, is stunning. You you open up the book, and the cool thing is, well, I should actually say on the back, he actually gives you instructions. So on the back it says, one, the inside cover is a spoiler. Two, you <laughs> can read the book like a book, and he shows you just flip it. Or three, you can read the book like a map. Um, and he's absolutely right. So if you open up the book and you can just pull it out, you've got one, two, three, four. You've got five panels, and then you flip it, and you've got another five panels. And it's a very quick little story about Creature, who's this, looks sort of like dupe, only with, um, like a ski mask, uh, and white gloves. So like, kind of like the bastard stepchild of dupe and Mickey Mouse, if you will. Mm. And then Creature, I'm sorry, that's Creature, and then Hand is a severed green hand, it looks like it could be Frankenstein's hand. And it's in some kind of floating, um, uh, device, almost like Monsieur Mala would be in, in, you know, with the, um, or not Monsieur Mala, but the brain rather. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so it's like a floating device with this green hand that's sentient and speaks. And you can actually see hit the, the bone sticking out of the hand. Um, and it's in some kind of like liquid and they're walking down the street and the hand is looking to get hired as a pianist. And he's all mad because they won't, <laughs> they won't, they won't, they won't hire him because he's one handed and he's claiming discrimination. And then, Damn. And, then, and then Creature looks through a window and he sees an awesome motorcycle. So he throws a wrench through the window and, and steals the motorcycle. And next thing you know, they're like barreling out on an adventure and, and he's, and, and he's, Creature's driving in hand is like, dude, we're fugitives now. What about my piano career? So it's just, it's just like a crazy little vignette, but, uh, but you can see that it's about the format. But even though the format, as he said, was, was the main focus of the book, the art is really fun. I mean, it, the, 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 the character design for creature and hand is really smart and it's full color. Uh, it's really tight lines. I, I, I just, I, I was just really impressed with it. I thought it was great. And then the origin of hand, as you might imagine, is the origin of hand. And in that one, it's, the format may be even cooler. First of all, when you open it up, this one's more of a horizontal format. Um, cardboard stock as well, but, but it's, uh, it, it's, you know, shorter or longer. First of all, you open up the inside cover, he drew me a, a kick-ass domino. So the man knows how to get Sweet. my heart. Yes. Um, but then, so you're, you're looking at it horizontally. The inside cover would be blank if he didn't draw the picture. And then you've got, you've got, uh, the first panel. Then you lift it up. So you're like unfolding. So now you're looking at like three folds and you, you see the next two panels. Then you have to open it left and then you see four more panels. Then you open it up 
and you've got what's equivalent to eight panels, but it's a giant splash page. Nice. And that's that. And then you can fold it back up. It's beautifully and so thoughtfully constructed. I have, I can say that in the tens of thousands of comics I have read, I have never seen a comic with this format before. And, uh, and he gives us the origin of hand. So, um, which I won't spoil. Um, but, uh, it's, it's clever. And he just, uh, I should mention that he said he is currently working on the origin of creature and, uh, issue number two of the main book. And, uh, I, I, I was wonderfully and pleasantly surprised, you know, want to, to, to this book was top notch, but uh, the books were top notch, I should say. So, uh, again, thanks Josh. And, uh, you can check him out on, uh, on Facebook at Josh Ginter art. So it's Josh G I N T E R A R T. And I think you can find him on Instagram at balloon 82, which is B U L U N eight two. So, uh, thanks again, man. And and keep it up. It's, uh, I, I think, I think you got some talent. That's awesome. Yeah. It's real cool. Very, very cool. Look at you with the mini comics. Yeah, That's mini, awesome. mini comics, man. Like those plus the action force. It was nice. A little mini comic bonanza this week. I got an entire box of mini comics just begging to be Consumed. organized in some kind of way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because the ones that are format wise, not standard size, which right. is the rule for mini comics. What do you do with them? Where do you put them? Yeah. Do you put them in a bag and just put them in the regular comic boxes with other things or do you just sequester them it's a conundrum right uh, you probably have to make that decision yourself i don't know if this is the right answer oh geez get this the bear was in the garage what my wife just said the bear was in our garage oh my god holy <laughs> that's nuts what in the i gotta work? do so i gotta do something about this bear dude you really do i call animal control seriously Dude, that bear's getting mighty cozy up in the, in the Seriously, yes. he's going to wake up one more. He's going to be next to you. Are you going to make some eggs? It's a bear. Smarter than the average well, bear. you used to bears yeah. in your bed, but... Yeah. Did, uh, I, I should mention I, I, I read Punisher number one, because I know you guys... I know you already oh, did. you did? I did. What'd you think? Mm. Were you on the episode when I talked about it? Uh, yes. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. No, I'm not being a dick. I, cause he's, no, I was. I was. Okay. All right. Yeah, that's why I said I finally read. Uh, I was not a, a fan of it. That's the Becky Cloonan thing. Yeah. Yeah. Huh? Why not? Uh, I, <laughs> I thought it was boring as fuck. Stop. Really? Oh my god. Yeah. Like I, oh, I just didn't. I don't know. It felt like going. I, you know, I think it was more. I love Steve Dillon and like. I've even been thinking about rereading Preacher because of the show, but like, it's like, I don't know, man. I feel like I can't help but compare this to the last time Steve did the Punisher. And it's just like, I think it's going to be a hard act to follow. I don't know. Just didn't do anything for me. No, I can, I I can understand that. Yeah. it's, It's, I mean, it's, it's weird if you're going to have the same artist do a character that a lot of people know him doing. It's not like he did a miniseries and, oh, well, after a decade, he's back. I mean, he was on it for a long time. But the artist is now working with a different writer on that yeah. same character. It's, and it's not like it was a change in the creative team. Oh, you know, Jeff Lemire is leaving Moon Knight and now Warren Ellis is coming. It's, it's, yeah. it's been years and it's relaunched and, and here's this character with a new writer, but an artist who's done them before. So I, I definitely get where you're coming from with that. 
I I need to shout out uh, Uncanny X Men number eight by Cullen Bunn and Ken Lashley, if for no other reason that uh, Phantom X is prominently featured in it. So of course he is. <laughs> Gotta give my boy some love over there. I'm giggling. Yeah. Did you guys read Thunderbolts? No, because I never finished uh, Pleasant Hill. Uh, nor did I. I, ne- I never finished Pleasant Hill. Uh, I have always been a humongous Thunderbolts fan in pretty much all the incarnations, um, including the prior incarnation that Luke Cage was the leader of, and Declan so wonderfully drew many of those issues. Um, this is back to the original crew, the, the original crew of uh, Thunderbolts. Um, you've got, uh, you've got Mach, well, he's, he's calling himself Mach 10 now, but, you know, same character, same, same dude, just, he's got a, a, a more, a more modern version of his suit, so he's Mach 10. You've got Moonstone, of course, Fixer, uh, Atlas, but the leader this time, the Winter Soldier. All that's fine, like, no issues in any of this, but friggin' Kovic's in it too. Oh boy. And for those listeners who don't know who Kobik is, don't blame you. Kobik, <laughs> Kobik was at the center of this aforementioned Pleasant Hill. I, I guess it, it's a, I guess it was an Avengers event, if you're going to call it something. I mean, it was a little couple month event featuring the Avengers character, Avengers books, where essentially on Shield at the behest of Maria Hill, created a sit a town like a suburban town where tons of villains rather than be imprisoned were brainwashed and reconditioned to live in this town called Pleasant Hill as average people and the way they pulled all this off was they had a cosmic cube and for some reason the cosmic cube attained sentience and manifested itself in the form of a little girl and they used this little girl to alter reality to create Pleasant Hill and I, as, as with David, I didn't finish the miniseries. Um, so I don't know how that ever ended up like getting resolved or what happened, but somehow, some way, um, Kobik became the ward, if you will, of the Thunderbolts with Winter Soldier in particular. And, uh, the most baffling thing about the first two issues though, like none of that is the baffling part. The baffling part is, uh, the artist. Um, I should say it was written by Jim Zub, um, of Skull Kickers fame, but the artist is a gentleman named Malin, M-A-L-I-N. And I'm telling you guys, I wish you had seen these issues. <laughs> no, I mean, this guy is literally trying to mimic Rob from the 90s. Mm. Here's the problem. Well, that's not a bad thing. Well, no. Here's the problem. <laughs> Rob is Rob. Well. But the mimics are like chap mimics, chap yeah, chap yeah, chap yeah. Just like chap, just like Gabe was was Gecko back in the nineties, and then became yeah. Gabriel. I, I I think Malin might be chap yeah. Are you kidding? Me? at Michaels. I'm not. Uh, see, now I'm going to have to seek these out, Pachella. I do love my chap yeah. So I gotta I gotta give the I gotta give the art a janky a janky score. Uh-huh. Stink up. And the Kobic a janky. So ah. I think that stuff subsumed my pension for the rest of those characters. Cause if you were just pitching me the core Thunderbolts characters with Winter Soldier as the new leader, I'd be down for that. 
Like, I think that'd be cool. I could get with that. But uh, it's hard for me to give this book a reco after the first two issues. Winter Soldier cannot keep a job. Jesus Christ. Yeah, but neither can Hawkeye. Right? Like, Hawkeye does the same thing. Like it's Yeah, they should be transient. Yeah. David. Vincent. Calling you out. Oh, oh. shit. Ooh. Greatest DC event ever. Oh, shit. We did. You better say the word I'm looking just, for. Didn't we like, just go through all the events? Uh, yeah. This is the one I said. Greatest DC event ever. He said you better say the word. You better say the word. Invasion. Yes! <laughs> yes! No. Ooh, oh, yeah. No, there's no no about it. There's yeah. a three-issue miniseries. That is not an event. It wasn't. No, it went into other yeah, stuff. Yeah, no, it was a three-issue miniseries. It was <laughs> Three issues, eighty pages. I know each they were double. They, they were like they were thick and and they they weren't stable. They were glued. I, I know, I know, I know. And you had Todd the, Art in the first issue, and yes, the Dominators are by far some of my favorite villains ever. <laughs> the the cast system is brilliant. Oh shit! Don't hire the station. I love that. Do you, you, we're not going to talk about invasion. You can. I, I don't have. A, about, I don't have a lot to to. To share about invasion, I, Jason, you remember the premise, right? This is one of the I did read invasion. I read invasion, yes. Well, the premise is the dominators are eyeing the Earth because, unlike any other planet within the the multiverse, the Earth has this annoying propensity for producing superheroes, and so. To stem the uh, resistance to their um, dreams of conquest, the Dominators decide to take Earth out. And to do it, they form an alliance with a bunch of other races. The Durlins, the Thanagarians. What is with Thanagar? Why are they so bloodthirsty? I don't know. Uh, the Daxamites are there, but they're just there to observe. But once they get within... The uh, yellow sun, things change a little bit. Because as we know, what happens to uh, Kryptonians when they get within the yellow sun? The same thing that happens to the Daxamites. Uh, the Okaran warlords are in here, the Citadel, the Scions, of course the Coons. But one of my favorite races, the Gildishpan. These guys are awesome. And then you have the Dominators, and this is the series that brought us Vril Dox, Garen Beck. It all leads into Legion. Yeah. 80 pages of McFarlane art written by Bill Mantlow, plotted by Keith Giffen. This is awesome, and the Dominators are dicks. They line up human beings and just open fire on them in hopes of weeding out the latent superpowers. Like, if you have the propensity to be a superhero, you're going to survive this onslaught. We're going to take you and throw you in the Starlog. We're going to keep you under wraps. And then it just spirals all out of control. This series is amazing. I love Invasion. I wish we could just read all three issues and just go on. Fine, I'll read the three issues. Did I say McFarlane? Did I not say Todd McFarlane? 80 pages of Todd McFarlane art. It's amazing. Who inked them here? E. Craig Russell did chapter one. Al Gordon did chapter two. Joseph Rubenstein did three. And 
In chapter four, we are graced with Todd McFarlane inking his own art. Mm. Yeah, Todd McFarlane Spectre's awesome, dude. Wait, well, because he's got a cape. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. We'll read of Invasion. We will. All right. We will. So we're going to be reading a lot of old DC, huh? Yeah. That's right by me. Um, that and Dominic, they're freaking awesome. Jason is is absolutely one. And the Mega Man. Well, I'm sorry. One hundred percent correct about John Malin's artwork. Thank you. Oh, you I'm, I'm flipping through it right now. Yeah, it's. I have the first two issues on Comicsology. This Kobik is a trip, but yeah, no, it is. Um, it the color helps, but it is. That's that's why I haven't read it. I guess. Hmm. What did you read? <laughs> why are you are you done? We're done. We're done segueing or previewing. Invasion? I could talk about it. I could talk about anything. You could. Eighty pages, no ads, man. No ads. You're <laughs> not going to talk about Eclipse, Darkness Within, or Underworld Unleashed. I wasn't fucking Bloodline. Particularly it was Hitman. I wasn't particularly crazy about Underworld Unleashed. It was okay. You didn't like all that green. <laughs> the thick was kind of annoying after a while. Underworld Unleashed. I, I did not read it in its entirety. I I, I read the first issue in the first couple tie-ins but it, it wasn't it did not, yeah. not keep me going but he, he, eclipso i dug that yeah that was great and I, you know it, it was i just seeing ted mckeever on a dc book holy crap i think i i like the idea of the events it's the summer blockbusters and and but tied in to the annuals which don't really factor into the ongoing series and you don't have to worry about if you're not reading the annuals then the hell with it you're not you're not being interrupted with you know it's not civil war 2 where it's here's paramount iron fist number five and six but it's a civil war 2 tie-in and it's just i like the idea of the annuals doing the events And, and you get a lot of story in an annual as opposed to just going on for like three months and and it's just yeah, it's a, you know what, it's a different game these days. Oh, absolutely. Obviously. You, you, I don't think they're going to be able to pull off these company-wide events very much longer. No. It just costs too much money to read everything. Right, I agree with you. I, I know comparatively, you know, the books were, but when, when you're dropping a dollar seventy-five or a buck and a half on a book as opposed to four dollars yeah. now, right. you, you just can't do it. And the pacing is so much different these days too. Where, where everything is, is, is so decompressed. And you gotta read it when it comes out or else you're fucked. Cause if someone spoils well, yeah. something and you know, that's, right. you, know, you, you can't go, it's Wednesday, new comic day, I gotta go offline for like, until I get my books and, and it's, who the hell wants to live like that? At least back when the events were happening in an annual, you didn't have to, who are you gonna tell? Somebody else reading CBG? You gonna write a letter? There was the risk of the comic shop, though. Yeah, that 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 was slight. But you can kind of prepared. expect it there. So I'm going to a comic yeah. shop. Someone might mention what I'm about to pick up because they've been there for three hours and already read the thing. Yeah. Um, they're really good about that locally. Like uh, on the day something comes out, if it's a b- really big deal, the the proprietor goes out of his way to to quell any kind of discussion that will lead towards people in earshot. I respect that. Pick, pick, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what did you read? I read, I, I read the first issues of, of 
we we've already been really hot and heavy with DC, so I'll ease off on that. I will. I don't know if Jason read him because, um, I know that he was looking forward to it since our boy David F. Walker is writing Nighthawk, but I read the first two issues of Nighthawk. Mm. Nice. Did you? Not yet. You read it, please. Please talk about it. I, I like what Walker is doing. Visually, I may not like how it's being presented. I'm not a fan. I, I, I think I'm just not that hardcore on Villa Lobos. It's a lot of talking heads. It definitely is. Yeah. Um, but it's also, and, and since it was mentioned earlier, since Villa Lobos was brought up, um, with the whole leaf for extinction thing, it's, it just comes across straight up as quietly light. Yeah. I didn't dislike it. Mm-hmm. It just was uneventful. Okay. Not flatline. There was a pulse to it, but it just seemed like the pulse was kind of faint. Okay. Yeah, I, I I won't read issue three. I I will read issue three because I'm I want to I don't I kind of want to see where where the arc is going. I like the Nighthawk character enough. I like this version of Nighthawk. I mean, I'm I'm a fan of the old Runwald Squadron Supreme and and that version of of Kyle Richmond from the Vendors and everything. But I liked the um, the JMS. Supreme Squadron and, and, and I like the, uh, and, and then Guggenheim did that Nighthawk versus Hyperion and we saw this Nighthawk during, leading up to Secret Wars and I think Robinson's been doing a fun, fine job with Squadron Supreme, which is where this character is featured these days. Uh, but this is his standalone comic. He's based in Chicago. He has a, um, he has a, a, uh, he has his own Arnold, but she's, she's, uh, she's attractive and, and she's, she's basically, she's more like Alfred. She's just, she's a whiz. She builds his gadgets. She, she, uh, she's the birdie in his ear, letting him know, you know, what's going on. Um, I hate the motorcycle. It looks ridiculous. Um, and he is a badass. I, I think, I, I think Raymond Kane and it's, and, I don't know if, um, if the cane is a nod to Bob, but it's a, um, I like him. I, and I like the, the, he's based in Chicago and, and he's dealing with all the, Walker is pretty much tuned into what's going on in the world and, and he's playing up on the whole, um, you know, the cops killing unarmed black kids and, and, uh, so it, it's, it's topical or, or might, it might strike a chord depending on how you feel about such things. Uh, but it's fitting here in this. It, this is the kind of character you can do something like that with. Um, he's he's not quite like the Punisher. He's close to it. He'll, he'll break arms, but he may not. Uh, I don't want to say he won't kill anybody because there's, there, there's an explosion in the first issue. But there's a reason why he's doing what he does. And, and I'm, I'm with him. I'm, I'm, 
fine with 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 his methods and 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 his mo. Um, I I I'm not really feeling the art. Is is my that's that's the only. That's pretty much the only Mar I have for it. it it's not, and listen, Ramon is a very talented dude, and 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 the artist, the art is good. I, it's just mm-hmm. not fitting with the story for me, and and um, especially with Sanford on Power Man and Iron Fist, you know, I mean, did uh, Walker Shaft was great, and and I think Bill was did a fantastic job. <laughs> yeah, it's funny, oh, Right. So, you know, I mean, and, and I want to read some of, and she's doing fantastic work on Sugar and Spike in the, um, the Legends of Tomorrow anthology from DC. Oh, cool. Um, but it's, yeah, it, it, the reason I'm not, I'm like, oh, I can't wait to read the third issue is, is pretty much because of the art, but I'm, I'm, I'm cool with the story. And I think, you know, it, I, this is the kind of story that somebody like Walker or, the priest would would be able to. I I, it, I don't know if if priest is going to do something like this with Deathstroke. It, it's not the same character, but um, it's there's a little bit of um. I kind of believe the character in in certain hands, and and uh, and I'm getting that with with Walker's take on the character. It's not really. It is the same character that Robinson's writing in Squadron Supreme, but it's. It's definitely got a little bit more of an edge to it, and 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 I like that. I I think you'll really dig it, Jason. Cool. It is on my list. Awesome. Look at that. What else we got? Where? Did you guys read uh, Guardians of uh, Infinity? Uh, are you up to date on that? No. Damn. I know. Five, six, and seven. Damn, they're up to seven. Yes, son. Holy shit, I don't even think I read three yet. Oh my Double gourd. ship. Oh my gourd. Uh, are any, re- have, have any of the stories from the first two issues wrapped up? No. Wow, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Abnett, Dan Abnett writer, Carlo Barberi, uh, the artiste, uh, continuing the same story, which is that, uh, you know, there, there was a, some kind of cosmic event that caused a, uh, a certain place where three different time streams melded. It was like, you know, any, any time type of thing where, where there was a confluence of, 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 of different times and it was three series of guardians and, uh, they were fighting against a, a villain named Hermeticus and, uh, Hermeticus is this pretty cool looking dude. He's, he's this, uh, oversized, it looks like armored dude, but, He's got all these different, uh, brains attached to his, his body in these capsules. And he essentially can take brains from other creatures and, and put them on his body and then kind of like Brainiac, he absorbs their knowledge base. So, turns out that, uh, Hermeticus was actually one of the original guardians of the, uh, of the, of the, of this older version that we were introduced to in this book. And, uh, it's just a continuation of, of, of the same story. He's, he's in control of this armada and he's, he's trying to essentially, in his mind, guard the, the universe by going through different periods of time and killing off things that he views as threats to the, the future of the galaxy. So it's, it's a play on being an autocrat, you know, absolute power, 
in his mind, he's doing a, a service to the universe, but, but certainly the guardians don't see it that way. Um, but Barbary's art is just on point. Love the new character designs for the new guardians. Um, it's great seeing some of our favorite guardians, both from the, uh, you know, the Valentino era, as well as the more modern era that Abnett gave us. Um, I, I will say that there is a, uh, Rocket loses his brain for a minute. Like, Hermeticus actually absorbs Rocket's brain <laughs> for a while, um, as it turns out, because Rocket is, in fact, one of the, the galaxy's most uh, incredible tacticians. Um, now, I'm imagining that uh, Rocket gets back in his body at some point, because his body's still out there just chilling. I don't think it's, it's over for him. But, uh, I don't think so either. Yeah, but uh, but it's been a lot of fun. And um, how do they explain Ben's presence? No, no, is no. He... That's different. That's Guardians of the Galaxy. Totally yeah. different. Oh, okay. This is a different set of. This is different. This is uh, this is like Nikki from the original Guardians. Um, new characters like Astrolabe. Um, uh, rockets in it. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a con, like I said, it's a, it's a confluence of the three different teams, sort of a few members from each. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that's, it's, it, as far as I know, it's must, it's one of those books that must take place in some other period of time. So it, it, it doesn't preclude what's going on in the, um, in the Guardians of the Galaxy book, which is different. Ah, nice. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's a different book entirely. So, and I'm not up to date on that one, but it's dope, man. I love Barbary's art. He's a beast. Big fan of that. Guy. Big fan of that dude. Nice yeah. Cleanup. Yeah. Yeah. So. Did they this. publish any trades for that yet? Cause I was going to jump on one. Yeah. They the started. first one's out. Oh, it is. Okay. I'll get on that. Are... Nice. On I have another trade that I read, but y'all going to have to stamp me down a little bit. Cause I'm going to. Gush. Not you. I am. I don't have many pet peeves, but one of them is whenever they, the, uh, the monster of Victor Frankenstein is called Frankenstein drives me absolutely crazy. Mm -hmm. And I didn't say anything, but Jason did it this episode, (laughs) but I, 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 I held my tongue because I wanted to get to this point. I, I read. The Monster of Frankenstein. This is the collected edition of the Marvel stuff. It includes uh, Monster of Frankenstein 1 to 18, Giant Size Werewolf number 2, Marvel Team-Up 36 and 37, Monsters Unleashed number... Material from Monsters Unleashed number 2 and 4 to 10, and Legion of Monsters number 1. Have any of you read any of this um, Monster Frankenstein stuff? There was one issue. I had one. It was on a um, on the cover. He was coming out of the baggage part of an airplane. Mm, so that must be towards the end of the okay. Run. Yeah, because what they did was it's pretty ingenious. Uh, the writers were Gary Friedrich, Doug Munch, Bill Mantlo, Jerry Conway. And Mike Plug, pencilers in this book. Oh my God! It's like a who's who. Mike Plug, John Basima, Val Merrick, Don Perlin, Sal Basima, and Bob Brown, um, and others. But what they did was they adapted Mary Shelley's book 
pretty faithfully for the first three, four issues. And then, um, of course, at the time, with the, the Marvel monsters were exploding, uh, the Frankenstein monster does run into Dracula at one point. But it eventually, um, the monster will be encased in some kind of ice at some point. And then, uh, for say, a hundred years, and somebody lets him out. And then he'll get encased in ice for another period of time. And then he's let out in 1973, which would brought him up to date with the Monsters Unleashed title. And the, 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 the cool thing about this is, you know, he, he's fighting vampires and, um, along the way, he being the monster, um, and you know the story where Victor, uh, made him a female and destroyed it. And that propelled the monster to destroy Victor's female, uh, not long after they were married. And you've, you've read the book. You've seen Brian Frankenstein. You know how it went down. But the monster is a bit overzealous for love. I mean, he's really needs a companion and he's very easily swayed. Like any woman that even can stand his presence, he falls in love with almost immediately. You can't blame the guy, right? He is the monster of Frankenstein. But um, the, the cool thing about this is it was originally published as a four color comic, but then the continuity jumped into monsters unleashed which, being a magazine, was not subject to the comics ah, code. Yes. And the events of the magazine are a, they're a lot more outlandish than the comic because they can get away with stuff. But there is a... Um, in, in, in one chapter, the monster finds his way into a uh, traveling circus. Right? And there's a trapeze act going on. Uh, the monster enters the, the, uh, the arena, Madison Square Garden. And, uh, it just so happens that the, um, the trapeze act was in full swing and the, the, the female who is in mid leap sees the monster, screams and falls to her death. The man does not catch her. Her name's Gretchen and, uh, she dies and the, the the monster frankenstein takes his aggressions out on the male part of the um act but at this point in the continuity see, i don't know if i should tell you this or not but the brain the the, the consciousness of the monster is not the original monster of frankenstein his consciousness is elsewhere that's all i'm going to say but um, the, 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 there's a brain transference going on. A mouse gets caught underneath the, 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 the helmet during the process. But long story short, a couple issues later, they go back and tell the history of the trapeze artist. Like when I first read this when I was a kid, I'm like, this is insane. Because this, this character was like 
maybe appeared for one issue and then went away. But then an issue or two later, they give you a history of this trapeze artist. It's nuts. Like, he was born to poverty, went to school in tatters, very smart, and um, was was like bullied by all the kids because, you know, his parents didn't have any money. And the, the whole bullying back then was not a thing. Not, not, it wasn't nearly a, a thing as it is today. And, um, pulled himself up by his bootstraps and, and decided that, okay, I don't have much, so my physical prowess is what I'm gonna concentrate on. And he became, he got a job in, a, in the circus, you know, cleaning shit out of cages. But he, he always loved the trapeze. And then he, so he trained himself to be a trapeze artist. And fell in love with the, the, the woman that, that he, uh, the other trapeze artist and they got married and that's when the monster walked into it. And you would never even know that reading the original story, but, um, Doug Munch thought it would be a good idea to, I don't know, maybe he was on a deadline or they needed a story and had to pull something out, went back and detailed the history of this Offhanded character that was just used as a plot contrivance in a previous story. And that was nuts to me back then. Like, you would never see that. I, I'm going to be straight. You would never see that in a DC book. That was a Marvel thing. The, 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 um, chance of that happening in a Marvel book was much higher than DC. Cause DC, they would write the story, they'd be done. They'd move on. Am I am I off base saying that? No, I don't think so. No, I don't think so. Yeah. And Val Merrick did the art. And I that's one dude that again, I'll say it, I've say I say this about many artists. Val Merrick does not get his due. Because this story is unbelievable. Once there's a neuroscientist, it, there's a lot of brain transference going on. I don't want to get into the story because I'll be here for an hour and a half. But the mouse screws up the brain transference. Where they think the consciousness of this scientist is in the body of the monster, but it's not. It's, there's a consciousness in the mouse and it's, it's, it's very convoluted and you have to read the actual issue because I'll probably cock it up if I try and, and detail the, the, exactly what brain is in what body. But it's just great stuff. And this, this thing was $39.99. It's really expensive, I think. For this collection, it's, it's over 500 pages, but still 40 bucks for 500 pages is kind of expensive to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd agree. Don't, don't you think? Yes. But I got this at books a million for 10 bucks. And it's kind of stupid because I do have all the original issues. So I didn't really make out on this at all, but I did get a book that was 40 bucks for $10, but, um, Again, trying to pull all these issues out and read this story from first to last would be very difficult for me because I got boxes all over the place. So I do dip, double dip when it befits me to do so, and it benefits me to do so. But this, I mean, Basima, to go back and look at John Basima's art for these issues. He drew, I mean, I say this all the time, some of the most beautiful women. Oh, he drew women's. Ever to grace the comic page. Yes. I always tip the hat to Wally Wood. Wally Wood's women are in a class all by themselves. There's something about a Wood woman that 
he just loved the female form. You could tell it in every line. But it seemed, when Wood did it, it seemed like he was sculpting and carefully um, delineating this woman. When John Buscema did it, it seemed natural. Like, he didn't even, it, uh, from from the looks of the art on the page, there was not a whole lot of thought that went into it. He just, it just flowed from him. And and to be fair, John Buscema's women, whether they're in Conan or the Avengers or in this Monster Frankenstein, there's a sameness to oh, sure. a John to a John Basima yeah. woman. And but but rightly so. There's a sameness to a Wally Wood woman too. Physically, you know, the Wally Wood women are proportioned like they're they're built like hourglasses, right? Heavy on top a little bit and then a thin waist and then childbearing hips. But a John Basima woman, oh my god, they're classic beauties. They really are. Whether they're like village girls or they're some kind of um uh, the, 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 like, the, a very intelligent, uh, worldly woman, they all kind of look the same, but man, are they gorgeous. And there's a, there's a village, a gypsy girl that kind of falls in love to a point with the monster in here. And when she dies, like, you're just crushed because she's gorgeous and the monster's like, all weepy over her. It's like, oh, it was my last chance. And no, it wasn't. But yeah, you're you're a monster. And I guess you don't don't get too many chances at love, right? And John Basima's Dracula, toe to toe with jeans, toe to toe. Because he had bones in his body. In it. Okay, John. <laughs> issue thirteen was the one that I had that I remember. Is, issue thirteen. Yeah. yeah so that's. Let me see here. I think that's getting into the, that's out of the 1800s. Yeah, yeah it's modern day. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Did it ever explain how he got his, uh, brown fuzzy vest? Yes, he killed a bear. Nice. Oh, sick. It, that's always, work. man, I've been trying to, like, how the fuck did he get that? That's awesome. That's, that's an issue. Um, let me see, not too. It's not an issue. It's an issue. Here it is. Mike Plug drew it. Issue two, Bride of the Monster. He killed a bear. And he's walking through the, the, the tundra just basically with a, a, you know, wraps around his genitals. He killed the bear, ate him, and took the, uh, the skin. And that's, that's the one he wears. Wow. So yes, they, that's awesome. To explain it. Yeah. Great stuff. And y'all know my love of Plug. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you've mentioned him once or twice. Yeah, yeah heard, I've heard of that guy. The, the Will Eisner influence is readily apparent and, uh, because he apprenticed with Will Eisner. You look at Eisner's work and Plug's work and it's very similar. But I will say Eisner was a straight man, could draw the mundane like nobody's business. But I think Plug for my money is a cut above Eisner because Plug could go off the rails and do the fantastic. And I don't think Eisner had that much of a, he didn't have a propensity for the fantastic. And that's where Plug gets the, the nod for me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Monster Frankenstein, this stuff is gold, man. It's like, it's one of those things you forget that Marvel 
Oh Oh, yeah, yeah. Bronze Age monster at Marvel. That's my jam, through and through. Jamie, Jamie, Jamie. Yeah. So what else do we have? I I can do this all night, and I I will. (laughs) Where are you guys at on the uh, on the on the preacher TV show? I haven't. Oh wow. Yeah. That I I I am current. I'm an, I'm, an, I'm an episode behind, but let me just ask: yeah. Is it good? I I like it. I do. It's its own thing. It's, it's yeah. It's, it's exactly. It's it's uh it's it, it's it's definitely of the same um essence of the sort of material, but it is its own thing, and I'm okay with that. I really am. I'm I'm actually more okay with it than I thought I would be. Um, I think it's well cast. I think the, 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 the characters, all the actors that are playing the big, the key roles are very good in those roles. Um, I think it's quirky. It's action packed. It's gory. It's entertaining. I, I, yeah, I'm digging it so far. How many to date? Four? Mm. Uh, shoot. Let me see. Four or five, right? I want to say, I want to say this week, if there is an episode this week with the holiday weekend, um, uh, let's see. The next one up is, oh, there is an episode on Sunday that will be episode number six. So there's been five. Yeah, there you go. I'm behind, huh? Yeah. Well, it's... I, I I love Tulip. I'm yeah. I mean, I'm enjoying the the dude playing. It, it's uncomfortable to look at, but I think they did a fantastic job with the makeup. Our face is just, oh, I know. It's it's fantastic, yeah. and the fact that it's it's Dan from Deadwood, Dan Darn from Deadwood, just it, as his dad is is absolutely. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I know you never watched Deadwood. It's all right. Mm-hmm. We still love you. The um, it's uh. But no, I mean, I'm, I'm enjoying it for what it is. It, it's, I, I only read the first few trades uh, of Preacher, so I never finished a series. I'm not sure where it may deviate of it, even if it already did. What? Oof. You haven't read Preacher? In its entirety? No, I, I didn't, I didn't oh, think this was news. David, really? I didn't know that. Huh. Serial. <laughs> for serial. For serial. Um, but no, I mean, I'm, I'm. Shocking. I'm, I'm digging the show. Huh. Cool. I'm gonna have to. Um. It. I, I'm. I already know the answer to this. It's not on the Netflix, right? Not yet. No. 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 Because no, I mean, it's. Yeah. The, you're not gonna have something that's thoroughly. And and it's been renewed for a second season. Ah, cool. You know, Netflix is pretty horrible. In what regard? I can never find anything to watch on Netflix. We 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 blew through all of Grey's Anatomy. So Grey's there's Anatomy. just <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, I mean, I was talking to you guys while on vacation. I'm like, I got the Netflix fired up. What the hell am I going to watch? I watched Flashpoint, which was, mm. eh, it was okay. Then I watched Justice League War, which was pretty horrible. <laughs> Seriously, have you seen it? No, I haven't watched that one yet. Uh, it's the new 52. It's the, the build up to that, that first arc of new 52 when they go up against Darkseid mm-hmm. and, it, no, it's not good. But aside from Voltron, did you finish that? 
No, no, I'm no. three episodes in, but it's very. Oh, good. really? Very I am. Good. I think up to six episodes. It, it's no, it's it's fantastic. I did not realize who uh, who voices Keith. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. He he dropped some elephant bread along the way, and he started to cry. <laughs> no, that's not who. Sean Astin's no, in there. Well, maybe, but Keith is uh, is Glenn from The Walking Dead. Stephen Yoon. Wait, what? Yeah. No. Hey. Yeah. Oh, I did not know that. I didn't know that either. Yeah, that's, glor- that's glorious. Yeah. That is cool. But um, I'm not spoiling it, but I may be spoiling maybe. it. Maybe. It ends on a cliffhanger. Oh, I'm not surprised. Yeah. But yeah, you're spoiling it. I saw it coming a mile away. Mm-hmm. But it's cool, though. It gives you something to watch for. And I heard you my daughter heard. told me. My daughter said they're doing 70, um, 75 episodes, so they have an end in sight. Okay. Yeah. I thought the, the, the season was fantastic. It gets better. It's, so far, so good. It, um, yeah, that's. Oh, it gets a lot better. Cool. Yeah. yeah I love, um, <laughs> Kareem is fantastic. Christ Darby is, is just great as, he is, and it hits, it's just when they, there are plenty of times where I'm just like, I am so tired of, of Lance's bullshit. Um, where it almost, it, it, it's to the, he's almost like a, like a child in other shows where it's like, man, if, if, if he is, if, if he's going to keep going with this, I, I got to stop watching it. But wow. No, he's just, cause it's just, it's been a few he episodes and you've like never learned yet. When, when he does the whole thing, when, uh, when they meet up with, um, with, uh, Rollo and, and, and Bezo and, and on that planet and it's just like, dude, really? You're gonna, it doesn't take sacrifice the safety of the entire team just to take a chick for a ride. And it's, it's like you, you've learned nothing and it's, it's, and it just takes one thing to push his button cause she's like, Oh, I didn't know the big guy, meaning Hunk, was in charge. And he's, and that's all it takes. Oh, he's not, that's not who's in charge. And he goes off and it's like, dude, you're just, you're killing me. Yeah. And it's, it's a learning. Curve, it is, so. but it, it's, and, but then I appreciate when, when the reveal happens, which I don't, I'm not sure if Jason's up to yet. Um, but, uh, his reaction to that was, was worth it. Um, and I knew it as, as Rollo's talking, but it's, um, Norman Reedus also does a character. I knew that. Yep. Yeah. Um, but no, I was, I was, uh, as soon as I heard some of the voice, cause there were some people who I thought I knew the voices were and I was way off. So I had to look and, um, and yeah, I, I, I was pleasantly surprised to see some of the actors doing the voices, but yeah, yeah, Stephen Yu is definitely on there. Cool. Oh, it's great. It goes places. It is. No, it's, it's, it, it, it's good stuff. And it's, if I'm on the bike for just a little bit of time, like, fuck it, I'll just, I'll, I'll blot an episode of Ultron. So at least I, that first episode was absolutely fantastic though. That, that yeah. set the stage. Just if you, if you get to the end of the first episode and, and you're not feeling it, then you pretty much know right away. It, it's not, it's not a series. It's not a show that. I'm going to give it a couple episodes. It's not Game of Thrones. Uh, you know, the first few were right. slow and I'll catch. It, it's no, if, if it doesn't, if it doesn't hook you almost before the end of the first episode. You're, it's not for you. But I think it goes places though. And you're going to see, um, 
I don't, I won't say anything, but the scope widens significantly through the course of the first season. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah. Boo, that Game of Thrones though. Shit. Oh my god. And I was, yeah, I'm out. Stop, dude. There was, when, um, I, I just, I have no basis. So go crazy. Welcome to my world every time you talk about the old DC. <laughs> Touche, mon frere. <laughs> that, that's French. We <laughs> don't have to get all into it because I'm sure the whole internet spoiled this. I mean, to... now they said finale. That means oh, season. season. Yeah, season. Yeah. Yeah. Not, yeah. not. Oh, okay. Because I, I, you would have been all weepy if it was like. Yeah, no. Oh, hail's not. Nah, hail's not. Nah. So, so next season. They gotta pay this off. I don't care. I mean, if even if they gotta write the whole thing and George R. R. Martin does no say, they they gotta. We gotta see all these people fight. Oh, we will. No, yeah, it's. it's I, I don't know if there's still going to be as I don't know how long the episodes are going to be, but I guess season seven and eight are going to be shorter than than the ten episode seasons. Wait, what? Yeah, yeah, I think I think oh, seven episodes next year. Oh, what? what? And and I don't know how many for season eight, oh. but we're getting we're we're getting, but we are getting to. There's no, there's no need for filler. We don't need an episode of just them walking. It, it's, it's, it's gonna suck not, to end, but at least, um, we're, we're moving forward. We're not, you know, Brand's doing his thing. People are on water. They're heading to restaurants. You know, everything is coming to a head. So it's, it's going to, it, it's all gonna happen. If it doesn't, if it means that there, there aren't 10 episodes because we don't get an episode of just, you know, Brand being dragged through the snow, I'm okay with that. If it moves the story along and we still get to where we need to be, and it and, and it's it's a natural progression, and it happens organically, I'll be happy. I just I I want a decent story. I, I don't necessarily need it's it's not network television. We don't need twenty two episodes of of just crap because we got to fill time. Now I have. Granted, I've, I, I have no basis at all. I have never seen more than five minutes of the show at a clip. Is there any possibility for a spin-off show? Yes. Yes. They, yeah. There, there's been, in fact, there has been talk about, um, about doing a prequel series, uh, when this, when the series is over that goes back in, in, in time during, in, to Westeros and, and gives you background, um, that like f from like many generations before. Yeah. But isn't that going to be kind of like a fire walk with me kind of, kind of oh, thing yeah. where you already There's know a, the, or I was going to say the, um, fear the walking dead. No, no, no. The, um, better call Saul. Oh, uh, right. okay. Yeah. Yeah. Now, it's some, a little weird. Some people love better call Saul. I, 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 I watched one episode and said, no, nah, it's not for me. But, um, so yeah, I think anytime you do, you, first of all, it's we're speculating, but if it happens, sure. You're on the risk that, it just isn't the same thing, right? It's like after mash. Right. It's like Yeah. Alright. Any other business? Oh man. You guys didn't peep the um the new version of Batman vs Superman, did you? No, because I'm going to if I'm going to get it, I'd rather get the um the Blu ray. So I, I want the physical disc so I yeah. can let Dad see it. So I, mean, I, haven't, I haven't looked at the digital. Given how long is it? An extra I, half hour at least. Yeah, but it's a different cut too, though. Oh, like it's yeah. edited differently, and it's R-rated. It's R-rated. Batman kills more people. 
And, um, and there's characters that, or at least one character, one female character that wasn't, that was cut from the theatrical version who, who actually makes her debut in the Ultimate Edition. Who? Oh man. Hold on. Oh, it's not anybody special. No, it, it's, it's, um, I don't want to say that. It was, uh, hmm. Do we get more Wonder Woman in this Oops, cut? No. Cause I, I'm off for that. Uh, let me see if I can find it. Batman wasn't in his right mind when he killed all them people. <laughs> That's what you're going with? That's what I'm going with. Alfred explained oh, You're adorable. Good men lose hope. Bad things happen. Maybe we get more <laughs> Alfred. I'll be down with that. Mm. No, I didn't get it either yet, David, because I'm with you. I mean, I, I hated the movie so much that <laughs> I'm, I'm, new, new cut, new cut or not, I'm, I'm like, I'm gonna wait for like Amazon Prime Day or, or Christmas when they have the blue, like the, the black, like, or like black, you know, like Black Friday sales, like I, like, you know that'll be it, like I, if I can get it for ten bucks, I'll, I'll get it and then watch the new cut, but I'm not trying to be yeah. spending. I got two things to say. I think Suicide Squad is going to take a shit ton of people by surprise, and it is going to be massive. I hope so. I hope so. And um, two, I'm going to movies this weekend. To see Finding Dory? <laughs> no. To see The Dude, Shallows? Tar- Tarzan. Are you kidding oh, me? About that, that Skarsgård life, huh? Yeah. And Margot looks- Robbie. And Samuel L. Jackson. That, that's Harley, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. She's stunning. You don't see that. In- <laughs> it's like no. Welcome to Wolf of Wall Street, and everybody was talking about it like three years say, ago. More focused. Yeah. <laughs> well, oh, in, in 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 hindsight, I did do the Google thing and saw the Wolf of Wall Street. Uh-huh. And I'm like, damn son, that's Harley. Holy crap! But you don't see the beauty in the Harley when she's done up like Harley. She's just, I mean, yeah, she's attractive, but a lot of it's hidden for sure under all under all that stuff. But in this Tarzan thing, my God. I need to see it. Plus, it's Tarzan. I'm there. Uh, I probably won't see that in the theater, but I am looking forward to it. Oh, come on. No, no I think it looks good. I think Renee wants to see Central Intelligence, so we may go through movies this weekend. Oh, uh, my, uh, Colin saw it. Did he like it? He thought it was hilarious. Good. You know what you do? Take her to see Central Intelligence. Say, oh, tickets are all sold out. <laughs> Let's go see. You can see, you know, my, see another dude with no shirt on. My kid had a, a rite of passage. He He had his first... Failed attempt at sneaking into a movie. <gasps> oh, that's the best! Right? Oh shit! He take the ticket stuff. The wife uh, pings me and she's like, uh, "Colin, let's go see The Conjuring 2. And I don't think it's a good idea, but I'll let you decide. You know, one of those moves, right? So I'm like, "Oh great!" Like, <laughs> but long story short, I I told him he could go, uh, not realizing that it was an R-rated movie, so. Uh, he and his buddy went to the theater with his buddy's older brother, who is 17, and, and his older brother's buddy, who is also 17, and they tried to buy the tickets, and uh, the movie theater like snagged them. I'm like, no, 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 you can't. Uh, yeah, you can't do it. That sucks. Yeah, yeah. Get this. Over the, over the weekend, we were looking for something to watch, and I put Jurassic Park on, the first one. The, the kids are like, this is terrible. <laughs> this is... I said, what? Where did I go wrong with you freaks? Oh, 
They're, terrible and Jurassic Park do not even belong in the same sentence. I'm not a Spielberg, f- you know, fan by any stretch. You're crazy. But, but Jurassic Park, there's something really special about that first one. You're not a Spielberg? Nah, not so oh much. Oh my gods. Breaking my heart. No. I don't understand that. The, uh, there is, we, we, when we watched Jurassic World, Renee fell off of the sofa during an exchange between Chris Pratt and and Bryce Howard, where she's 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 asking if he can, you know, can't you track the kids? And he says, and and she she'll say this line, and she'll just like burst out laughing, she crack herself up with it. Where he he responds with, "I was in the Navy, not the Navajo," and that just fucking slays her every single time. It's, it's <laughs> the simple things, but it is, it is uh, the simple things in life. So it's the Jurassic World is the last one's good. I I enjoyed it. I haven't seen it's, it. It's 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 part of that whole new realm of filmmaking where it's it's a remake, not a remake. It's a, yeah, it's, it's it's a rebooty kind of thing. But yeah, like it's it's it's, it's neat if you it, know it's where like it's a Star Wars from. movie, right? It's like on a lot of levels, it's the same movie again, but but it's not really. I mean, it's technically a sequel. Right. It's in the future, but like the whole arc of the film is essentially the same. So. See, I was a little leery because in that first Jurassic Park, Spielberg makes you fear those velociraptors. That you are basically, you're, you're genuinely afraid whenever you see a a velociraptor. And then Chris Pratt's walking around and he's got like velociraptors on this, on, 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 he's flanked by them. I'm like, what is going on here? Well, they have, Things on their body, you know, they have. They're, they're technically being controlled. They're, they're, yeah, they're, they're they're tamed. I don't know if I like that. But again, though, it's well, it's he treats whole... him with real respect. Like he's the tamer. Yeah, but he's the only like he's like, but they're wild creatures. Like we can't like there is no taming them. You know, there's that like, but everyone else is like, well, let's use them for our advantage. And he's like, that that's not going to work. Like they're wild creatures. Yeah. So cool. Um, yeah, I liked it. I mean, I, I liked it purely because it was it, for what it is, which is a like. I think if if I had if I was much younger and had never seen the the first three Jurassic Parks and Jurassic World was my first exposure, I would probably have been as over the moon about it as I was back in the day as a kid watching the first Jurassic Park. Right. You know, I mean, the, the effects are phenomenal. The the yeah. creatures are phenomenal. Um, but it's still the same old, you know, you're playing God and, and yeah. it's all going to come back to bite you in the ass. I think Hubers. the people who got yep. the most out of it are people who saw the originals and, and it's, which again, just like The Force Awakens, it's like mm-hmm. a lot of that great cool shit was because, wow, I remember when it's still cool to see this movie with yeah. no, yeah, no, no Chris, Pat, for the Chris Pratt's an engaging dude, right? He's absolutely, he is. he's, yeah, he's yeah. arguably the new Harrison Ford. He's just a, Yep. Like dudes like us seem to enjoy him in films and think like he's cool. Women seem to find him attractive. He's funny. He just he's triple threat. Yep. I can't wait for Jason Bourne though. Oh stop! Really? No, I'm with I that. Ne- I've never seen any of them. Oh what? stop, dude! Yeah, no, <laughs> I have never seen espionage so much. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> How do you hate your movies? It's not even. I will say though, the, I will give The Force Awakens the nod. For going back to the well on that first one, they better do something different. Oh, they will. One. They will for sure. Yeah. Adapt. I never, speaking of, of espionage, did you ever, like, I don't remember you ever telling me about, uh, whether you saw the last Bond movie. I did see Spectre. 
Because you know I hate it on a hardcore. You did hate it on hardcore, and I did not love it. Uh, yeah, okay. It was it. Big it, left down versus Skyfall. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Skyfall is great. Skyfall is great. <laughs> from not not a Bond fan. No, Skyfall is great. I agree. Yeah. Um, no, they, it, it, there were so many things where I was like, it, it just, it was almost like, uh, it was a slap in the face to anybody who's been enjoying the Craig Bond stuff and, and, yeah. what and building up to. And, and I don't know if they just, I, I don't know if they wanted to do something else and it went off the rails or if, if you can't just have the same director do two movies, two Bond movies in a row, which they did here. It just, there were so many, Attempts of things that could have been cool. They were just so many whiffs. Batista was wasted. Uh, it, the whole Blofeld reveal could have been cool, but it just, it, it, it fell flat. And then when, cause the dude who plays Moriarty on, on, on Sherlock, I, I love him. Yeah. And, and I mean, and he was, he could have been. More than he was, it, it, and only to have, you know, M kind of saved the day in that regard. It just, there were, it was neat to see Q and a few of the other guys in action, but overall it was, it was not, I, the beginning was pretty cool with the whole Day of the Dead thing, but it, it just, I agree. There's zombies in it? No, no, oh, like the, oh, next, okay. the, the first, the first 10 minutes of the movie are awesome, I agree. And I'm like, oh, this is going to be it. Then I think it just goes off the rails. It does. Um, are you nervous about Star Trek? I have not seen one trailer or commercial for this movie. Do you see the poster? That's, uh, that, that, that's a, the red, white, of the, and blue. Uh, of the original motion picture. That's what I'm saying. It looks like the original motion picture. I love, I love that poster. Uh, I, I've seen the poster. Yeah. I have no idea who the aliens are. I'll hear when I'm in the kitchen and the commercial's playing, I'll hear. Kirk and Bones talking, but I have no idea of the context. I don't know what's going on. In this yeah. Movie. So when's I, that coming out? Uh, this month, month, July. Yeah. I okay. haven't I haven't seen any of the trailers either. But I feel like every time the movie gets brought up, it's brought up by people in a bad context. Like there, I, I don't know if there's been like bad feedback. I don't know if it was one of those movies that had a lot of reshoots. It just seems like people are talking about this as though it's going to be a disaster, and I don't. I think it's that series too. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I think it's the whipping boy. They they don't allow a lot of leeway for these new Star mm-hmm. Trek movies. No, no, they don't. And it's the uh, Abrams isn't directing this one. Um, I think there was a little bit. Uh, some of the pushback might be because of the fallout between the people who, who made the first two movies and. Uh, I don't know if someone had a plan to do something. They would went another direction. I, the director's the guy who did uh, Fast and Furious or the Furious Seven. I, Justin Lin. I, I don't know what else he's done. Um, I think the first ten minutes or fifteen minutes or whatever it is of Into Darkness is absolutely perfect. I love that. <laughs> I love the beginning of it. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, the thing about Into Darkness that bums me out a bit is is the end of Pike. Um. Yeah. But I think I, I think Marcus was he's that that was that was incredible. I and now I'm 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 bummed that uh, I, I don't know where we're going. Yeah, with with yeah. after Anthony Elchin's death, if if um they're going if 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 a if a fourth movie if they continue the franchise if if they're going to recast Chekhov or just write him off. But um, 
Yeah, so it's, I mean, I, I love the cast of, of the, the Star Trek reboot. I'm, it, it's very hard for me to not enjoy any Trek, even if it is, I, I can, I can even watch, you know, the final frontier as, as much as the fifth movie makes me cringe. I, I'll still leave it on if, if it's on. And, and, uh, you know, so it's what? It is the worst. It is, it's the the campfire scene. I want to (laughs) die. It is the whole cyborg thing. And, and, and you heard a strip dance. It's just that there were, what's the one with, um, uh, Malcolm, um, Oh, that's generations. That's the last, that's Kirk's last movie. Oh, that is a horrible, horrible that movie. That is also not good. Yeah, I'm going to blow up the sun. <laughs> okay, there goes the rocket. It'll be there in three minutes. Like, how fast is this friggin' rocket? Which was the one with the uh, with the whales? The whole four. four. The That's home. four. Love it. That's my shit. Yeah. Love yeah. it. So that is fear. <laughs> that is, is shit. Which one is the one with That's the whales? The That's my shit. <laughs> Whatever that one is. That's the best one ever. That's it. I just know more. Um, <laughs> Two, and, and they just came out with a, uh, director's cut of Wrath of Khan. And that, that, oh, that, nice. that Blu-ray includes the director's cut and a theatrical version. No I, way. I haven't pulled the trigger on it yet. I saw it at Walmart today. Well, how much longer is it? I don't, it, it, some things are reworked. There's also an, um, Jerome K. Moore was talking about it on Facebook. There's a, there's an exchange between, I think, oh, when, when, in the original movie, um, Kirk is bragging about David and, and tells Spock, that's my son, the doctor. That's and Spock, son. Spock's like fascinating. And, but in the director's cut, <laughs> that, that entire scene, that those lines are, are cut out. And I don't know if they just felt that it was, um, gave it too much levity or whatever. But so, so there's, there's been some changes. I don't know what's been cut or, or removed or added, but there's, I, I, it's almost like it's a, it's a UK versus, it's like Downton Abbey from the original UK and in the US when PBS is playing it, some scenes are just shown in, in different orders. Ah. It's my son David. He's a bit of a square peg. Man, he was such, but how Robin Curtis was a very fetching Savick. And, and of course. Then, oh yeah. Then, then Kirstie Alley, but Kirstie it was, Alley. uh, yeah. yeah and, and I, I thought, yeah, it was, it was just so much fun watching the original crew get older with, and then the next generation, he brought Scotty back and that, I, I liked his, his send off from the next generation. And then the, uh, but no, I, I, the first movie we can talk about the, we can talk about the, 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 the dry dock. <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's what I was like. Dennis Sheeran made a model and God damn it. We're going to get every penny we paid for that model. <laughs> So we got the dry dog in this, but two, three, and four are like a fantastic 48 hours in, in space. Cause it's, yeah. it, it takes place all quickly. And then the, uh, yeah, five is, is horrible. Six is cool with the whole Kittimer chords and, and Worf playing is like great grandfather and then generations. And I, I think I've only seen first contact once. I have seen Insurrection, which wasn't good. And, um, then there was the one with, um, Tom Hardy as, uh, as a Romulan or an off, a clone of Picard or something like that. But yeah, they, the next generation ones kind of lost me when the movies were coming out. And, um, I don't like any of the next generation movies. 
I, it, I don't think it transferred well to a movie. I, no. It was a fantastic show. I just, I don't think it was enough there to, the movie can either be one long episode or it can be a greater adventure of what the crew does normally. And, and the next generation movies, I don't think did either of that. With the exception of Picard, none of them have the presence to hold the screen like the original cast. None of them. I agree. I don't, I don't think so. The, the films just didn't, I enjoyed the next generation TV show a lot, but the films just never did it for me. No, no. I was never a big fan of the Borg, though, to be honest. Like even in the TV show, I never really loved that whole thing, the whole part of it. I I appreciated the threat, but yeah, it's you know. So now that Q introduced them, they're not. You can't stop them. How do you? Every time you, they adapt. If if you fire your phaser at them. It's not going to affect the next Borg that shows up because now they've learned to to defend against it. it it's it takes a really good writer to get your heroes out of out of the predicament, but you know, you're just going to have Q snap his fingers every time to get away. It, it's just it's of all the villains, I, I I'm, I'm kind of with you, Jason. The the Borg are they should be the most threatening, but they just seem to be the most mm. they're the Daleks of the Star Trek universe yeah their their presence is mandatory but when you see them you're like Ugh, yeah. again yeah. again with the Borg really I want to see Data and Yar going at it again <laughs> <That's true>. <laughs> <laughs> alright everybody let's call this one a day if you want to get your comics, get them fast, get them cheap, get them delivered right to your door with a minimum of effort, where do you go? Where do you go? It's only one place. Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com. They will set you right. Absolute lowest prices on your favorite funny books and collectibles. Like I said, right to your door. All you do is you plunk on your keyboard, beep, boop, boop, beep, beep, boop, beep, beep, boop, boop, and the books come right to your house. It is effortless. They are the best. In your travels. Further proof that this is the absolute best book on the stands currently published by any publisher, any publisher, bar none, written, Jeff Lemire, Miko Swayan did the art. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong, and I don't really care. I was so, How do I you... was so bummed to see that, that Miko was doing the next arc. Why? It's beautiful. I didn't flip through it yet. Who? Wait. Who? Who kicked off the Bloodshot Reborn? Nico. Yeah. See that? And that was yeah. That was who I had the problem with. I cannot fathom why you would ever looking at this art. Why you would ever have a problem with this? It is absolutely stunning in every respect. And there's a Bloodshot dog. I am, of course, talking about Bloodshot Reborn, Issue 14, Bloodshot Island, Part 1. you got to be reading this book. Why did they stop with the cardstock covers? Because that arc is done. (laughs) This is its own thing. That's how we differentiate arcs now, cardstock? Yeah. I don't know why. I don't know. Maybe they just want to keep the production cost low. I didn't know that that EXO book with with the micro. Oh, yeah. I'll tell you which one I got. I opened it as soon as I got it, baby. Um, Exo Manowar, they are putting in its 
poly bag. Yeah. So you can't be flipping through this to see what you're going to get. They are putting in um, sketch cards, oh, pseudo sketch. Yeah, they're printed, but I, I'm thinking there's legit sketch cards tipped in these things. That's like a Skybox Chase edition. What a dick! What a dick you are! <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> in Skybox, dude. I got. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I said upper deck. I got Emanuela Lupacino. <laughs> That's who I got. <laughs> I know you were, you were really curious to see that, but that's who I got. <laughs> I got nothing. You such a dick. <laughs> Skybox. I love those fucking Skybox cards, man. I had the Star Trek ones, I had the fucking Marvel. Oh, I know. Oh, they were great. In Manuela Lupacino. That's who I got. I'll let you know when, uh, when we're done. Oh, open it. See what you got. Right now, it's over. Hey. Right, we'll wait for you. Jason, in your travels, baby. What you... In your travels, check out Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. Still good? Very good. I, um, I waited for the trade after reading the first issue and, uh, the trade had done arrived. It's, uh, by, uh, Amy Reader and Brandon Montclair with art by Natasha Bustos. And, uh, yeah, I, d- I dug it a lot, man. It's very, it's, it's fun. It's, um, colors are great. I gotta give the shout out. Who does the colors? Let me give a shout out to that because the colors are spectacular. What's the book title? Uh, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. I didn't hear. Oh, yes. Okay. Tamara Bonville. That one's rough, dude. Um, Dick. essentially, uh, you got Lunella Lafayette. Who is a, uh, a young, very smart woman. Um, I don't, she's like a preteen, I think. Um, yeah, tween. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and she has latent in human genes, as many people in the Marvel Universe do now. And in order to try and keep from evolving into something she doesn't want to evolve into, she builds a, a device and, uh, as is want to happen, the device ends up opening up a portal and out comes Devil Dinosaur. And they become, uh, fast friends. And, uh, he was not- So huh? it is the Devil Dinosaur? Yeah, it's, it's Devil Dinosaur. The Devil Dinosaur brings some friends along. Yeah. So what happened to Moon Boy though? Um, you should read well, the first issue. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Okay. They address <laughs> that. They address that. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. And, uh, you get, you get a little, little, uh, quasi crossover interaction with the totally awesome Hulk, Amadeus Cho. Uh, it's just a fun book. Just a fun, all of these book. And I gotta say, there's one thing that just cracked me up, uh, about the, the packaging. You know, Marvel does a nice job with their trades. They get them out fast and they all have universal trade dress, so I give them those props. But the, uh, they do this thing now where they, they put pull quotes endorsements on the on the books mm-hmm. and it's like they're the most fucking generic pull quotes ever. i know like, i know on the front of the cover it says here's the pull quote for the front of the cover a fantastic read for all ages by black nerd problems.com like yeah thanks it's like i like book <laughs> yep you know back an enjoyable read from start to finish Okay, great. Like, uh, thanks. Like, I mean, like, the thing that pisses me off is they almost exclusively limit their pull quotes to text-based information sources. No, it's a hundred percent right. I'm always frustrated. 
I, I, not to, I, I do often think, why not? Why not us? Right. Or, or other, I mean, why not other podcasts? Like, why not? Because the, you'd have to actually have someone listening and right. transcribing as you're saying it. So they don't want to go through that work. But some of, the, you, you, most of the time, you're right. The, the pull quotes are very lame. They were dumb. Yeah. They were dumb. Yeah. So. The ones that really bug me, it's like Star Wars meets The Office. Yeah, the elevator pitch ones. Yeah. What? <laughs> that tells me nothing. And I don't, I, I don't want to spoil the end of the first arc, but it's very do it. cute. Do it. Spoil it. You want me to? Did, yeah, spoil it. Do it. You sure? Yeah. David doesn't care. Yeah, it's funny. He told me. Oh, he, oh I'm not going to spoil it. David's here. Alright. <laughs> well, what'd you get, David? What card did you get? Jeff Lemire. No kidding. Yeah, Jeff Lemire drawing a little funky hex on Manor. I'll take a picture of it. Is it, is it printed or is it, did you, you get a legit sketch no, card? I'm pretty sure it's, it's, it's a micro print like it says on the cover. It doesn't feel like it's, um, it's drawn on it. I don't even know if legit sketch cards are a thing. I'm just saying. Yeah, I mean, I'd be surprised. It's not like it says you could have it. It's, the poly bag says free micro print inside, which is why I thought it was something. I didn't know it was just a, that's that's just a weird way to say sketch card. Yeah, I I got. I'll be honest. I got to give the hairy eyeball to anybody not reading and enjoying Valiant, really, because I I think they're the best. I think like, right like now Jason they are. Pub- and, and Kaczynski. Jason doesn't read Valiant. What's going on here? I am reading a Valiant book right now. What are you reading? <laughs> <laughs> Which is awesome, and you should be reading. Actually, you will probably read A and A number five, even though it's Archer and Fate's first date. Yeah, the art is by Mr. Mike Norton. Mike Norton. Yeah, no, I know Norton's on the. I am reading that book, although I am not caught up. But I, I am reading that book. I am pre. I am ordering the issues on that book. Um, but uh, no, I'm reading Rye. Oh, it's awesome. I got that that beautiful oversized hardcover that they just put. Did you really? Sweet. You- I will say one thing though, my man. Dark, dark like the X Force. Yes, it, it is dark. Yes. But I, I I would love to look over his shoulder as he does the art for this thing because I'm just happy he drew Apocalypse. And- I I cannot <laughs> stop it. I cannot fathom. <laughs> How he gets some of those textures and some of that. It, it, he's gotta be lying on some oh, kind of. Oh man, I cannot wait to hit Artist Alley in October. It's gonna be yes. a fucking blast. Oh shit. Man, we were gonna have Geek on Fleek up in here and we got for real geeks from the world around staying with us this year. Like give the UN at Woods House. Give him his due. Clayton Crane is damn. Oh, good. dude, dude is legit. He is. He, when you see this 4001 AD, it's unbelievable. Cool. Uh, and Could you sh- loosen it up, though? That's all I'm saying. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, Dude, it's loose. No, not. no, not the art, the man. Oh, yeah. For, personality little... wise, it's, uh. Right. I, uh, cosine. 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 Yeah. Good man. Hey, um. <laughs> Nobody's happening. <laughs> Shit. Alright, I'm gonna go with, um. Fuck, Larry. <laughs> Salsa. Um, I would, I, I, I'll, I'll say, 
especially after Flash Rebirth, check out Flash number one because I yes. heard where that was going and um, Barry's whole internal monologue. And there's a little bit of a it's not a Spider-Man year one where we're introducing the Clash. There's a little bit. It's not a retcon to Barry's origin, but there's there's a very Bendisy kind of um, introduction to 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 a character. But I will say in your travels. I'm glad I read this because it explains some things after it, even though the events take place before Action Comics 957, this explains how some things came to be as far as Lex Luthor, uh, Justice League 52. Uh, oh, Paul Pelletier. No. Really? Um, he didn't do 52? Grummet did it. Grummet did it. Nice. And with inks by Danny Meeky, Mark Morales, and Scott Hanna. Uh, and yes, the events in this story take place before, uh, Action Comics 957. So we find out how, um, basically how Lex ends up with Superman's cape. Um, and the way that plays out isn't necessarily um, that by itself isn't a whole issue, isn't worthy of a whole issue, but, um, the way Lex is, his mindset and, and, and why he wants to do what he's doing, uh, he even goes and, and checks on his sister who is still, um, who's still in a coma after, uh, she shot him from, which goes back to the, the Amazovirus storyline and, um, how, uh, she was basically, cause she was driven to madness thanks to a mother box. And as, Bing. as much as, um, and Lex has the mother box built into his, his Superman armor. He, his own mother box can't even get his sister out of, out of the coma. Um, so he feels kind of powerless in that regard. Uh, but it's, it's not so much a Justice League. Justice League does show up because they, they confront Luther early on in the issue because he's, this takes place after the Dark Side War and, and, um, everything he was dealing with with that and now he's back on Earth. But it was a, um, it's, it's a beautiful looking issue and then I, um, I agree. And then I went and read, uh, Action Comics 958, which, Picks up where, uh, 957 left off. That was, it was a, it was a solid issue because it, it's, it's written by Jurgens. It, it's picking up with, um, where you had Lex and the, uh, the post-crisis Superman taking on Doomsday. But this <laughs> issue is, um, is illustrated by Patrick Zercher and I yeah. have seen better Zercher. In the past, I wasn't feeling everything about this issue. It's, it's solid. It, it moves the story along, but there are just some, um, there's some panels where, uh, I didn't give it the hairy eyeball. It was mostly just one of those things where it's like, oh, that was, that was an interesting take, but it's, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm digging the action storyline because Superman is, familiar with doomsday and so is lois and and lois and john are watching this fight happening and um 
you know, he's trying to find out from mom who Doomsday is and how much of a badass he is. And, and, you know, don't worry, dad will take him. And, and, um, she's trying not to let him know that, yeah, well, you know, last time your dad took him on, he fucking died. So kind of died a little bit. So, you know, let's root for dad a little bit harder. Um, and, but where did the containment suit come from? Why is he in the containment suit again? Is this the same doomsday as before or is it another doomsday? That's, and, and this is all what, um, and Superman isn't so much wondering if it's the same doomsday, um, as he is that, uh, whether or not, where is it to say? He, um, uh, oh, uh, Superman, Doomsday is using strategy since when? And, you know, so there's since always, oh, no, cause he was just, Listen, the straight line, I'm, I'm, the shortest distance between two points is a straight line. If I have to go through a building and people, that's what Doomsday is going to do. That's not strategy. That's just, that's. The strategy's built in. Oh, please. The, the, the strategy's built in from the force evolution. Love him so much just marry I him. I will. He's a little bit rough in the sack. But it's, yeah, yeah, the, <laughs> the, the bony knees. They're a freak. The, so, um, <laughs> But yeah, so the, the, the fight's just continuing. It's, it's, um, there is another knee to the jaw that Doomsday does to Superman. It doesn't, doesn't break anybody's neck this time though, but it's, it's, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm curious to see where Jurgens is going with it. I'm, 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 I'm do you not have faith in Jurgens? Come on. No, I have faith in Jurgens. I, I just, I don't, I, who did the art in 957? In, in any case, it's, um, who? Searcher did it. No. 957. Holy shit, he did. Yeah, Searcher. Stop yeah. playing. What happened? So. It's very brushy, the, isn't uh, it? Yeah, the second issue is, uh, the second part is, is, um, a little bit more stiff, a little bit more, um. I'm not feeling the Luther suit. No, I'm not either. I'm not... It's, it's not superpowers, but it's not, it's, and it's not quite steel. But it's, yeah. It looks like, um, Iron Patriot a little bit to oh, me, shit. which yeah doesn't rub me the right way. I would have liked to seen the the green and purple legacy, right? Yeah. If we're pushing the legacy, well, no, we're, 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 we're pushing the Superman legacy. This is still the yeah. I I'm, I'm with you though, but yeah, so. this is not going to last. Well, no, no. Hopefully, you'll end up with underwear on the outside too. Superman will. So yeah, so that's um. So in your travels, I, I was digging some of the, uh, I, I did read Flash, I read Detective Comics, I have to read Wonder Woman, and whatever came out this week. Oh, Wonder Woman 1 was awesome. I was digging how, it, it looked funky, I was digging it. Oh, amazing, yeah. I've been holding back on the DC, cause I don't wanna- Yeah, I know, we don't, we, that, which, same with me, so that's why I wasn't, but. Next week. And Valiant. Yeah, next week maybe I'll finish, uh, a Dark Knight book. <laughs> <laughs> hey everybody, thank, yeah, thank you for being with us here, um, again. We, we really appreciate you coming back and we hope you will do so next week. If you enjoyed any of this, please leave us a review at iTunes or a similar, um, aggregator. <laughs> and as, <laughs> as usual, as always, <laughs> say, say good night, David. Say good night.
David. I think you screwed the pooch with that little <laughs> g- 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 at the end there. Computer. That's right, but that's okay. We love you so much. So fucking much. In the meantime, in join us on the face on the Facebooks. We got our own little place on the Facebooks. Join us there. We're on the Twitters and all that other good stuff. So we're around there waiting for you. We need Just to get come a, back. a Snapchat that we need now. No, my son does that constantly. Does he? Yeah. He's sending dick pics too. His girlfriend. <laughs> nice. <laughs> He's got the back He's got a lady? He's got a lady. Yeah. He's dipping his wig? Dude, he's 12. He better not be dipping his wig. Well, dude, I mean, it's not like you're not. Never mind. I was going to make it up. I can't go to be a grandfather. Stop. Getting refitted. I mean, having you talk she told him she, she told him she doesn't want to. I don't think we should be boyfriend and girlfriend over the summer. <laughs> she said, oh. She's done, she's dude. thinking about other dudes, dude. Oh, my God. She's already on trying to get some, some strange. I said, get rid of her. What do you mean? Like, he's so innocent. You know what I mean? <laughs> I hate her. She's a scumbag. She's cute. Damn. No, I don't care if she's cute. She's putting my boy on. No, no. She's putting him on she's blizzard. Done. She's done. She's done. I ain't writing him off. Writing her off. Dad, will you take me down? Blah blah blah. No, no, I'm not taking you. Dad, you got a Trojan neck? Ex Trojan Why does stop? Why does Jimmy has that? Dad, uh, <laughs> Dad, you eat. Can I get up on some of that KY real quick? I'm pulling out. I'm done. No, it's, this is uncomfortable. <laughs> oh, goodness. Bye. I'm leaking. <laughs> Anal leakager. I hope you're enjoying this. Oh, so much. <laughs> of course. Throw me all around like a boomerang sky Whatever you do, don't tell me why Papas grow tall and say bye-bye The wave is here A seamless little team and then we're tanked I guess we're not so sacrosanct The tip of my tongue but then we're blank The wave is here Waiting on the wind to tell my Yo 
So I can't swim, but you won't.